JSA Clicks Podcast, the show where we discuss high-level competitive, casual, and everything in between. Your host is Jay Solomon, and now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. It's the JSA Clicks podcast, episode the one about tarot cards. We discuss the competitive Heroclix environment as well as any alternate formats that are currently relevant. I'm your host, Devin Owens. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, two of which are going to Worlds, and the other two of us aren't. Sad. We have Azareth. Hello, friends. Jackson. How's it going, everybody? Jay. Dead last, alphabetically, and in terms of skill. Yep. <laughs> and me. Jay and I are unfortunately not going to Worlds, but we're still going to talk about uh, tarot cards in relation to Worlds because that's where they're most relevant at the moment. All right. So, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about tarot cards. Um, I wrote a uh, written guide to tarot cards. We'll include that in the description. And uh, we're going to be following that loosely for this episode as well. Um, We're going to try not to just read it because <laughs> that, that won't be a particularly interesting episode, but also just having uh, information about tarot cards in both audio and written form is useful because people learn in different ways. So hopefully people will find both useful in different ways. And I have uh, other people here to hopefully give me contrasting opinions to mine on <laughs> all of the uh, specific Unfortunately, cards. Unfortunately, you and I... Uh kind of agree on our philosophies on tarot well yeah that's the problem i I think that uh most people who have played a lot of card games will agree in large part on the general philosophy of it hopefully disagreements at least on some specific cards um all right so the first thing to know is what are tarot cards uh so i'll just go over that quickly tarot cards uh you build a deck of cards they are not sideline game elements officially they officially go on your main force on your build sheet you can have five to twelve you have to include one of each suit the four suits pentacles swords cups and wands correspond to one power slot on your dial pentacles is speed swords is attack cups is defense wands is damage you have to include at least one of those and a major arcana, which is just some general random effect. So minimum five, maximum 12, where you can play two of each of the actual suits and four of the major arcana if you want to. We'll get into it in a bit. You probably shouldn't. (laughs) Um, How they work is they're effectively global effects. They are symmetrical global effects. You flip one up each turn. It's active for your turn and your opponent's turn, and then you flip a new one up, which replaces it. Um, That's like the general way that tarot cards work there's specifics of the rules and i encourage you to actually go read the tarot rules card to know exactly how they work but um that's I have one the more, general one idea. more piece on the rules of, sure, of tarot of um because i saw this come up in a discussion at one point um because the tarot cards go on your build sheet your opponent will be obviously allowed to know which cards you are running and what those cards do. <laughs> yes, that is a good point. Yes, you can't pretend that you're playing different cards than you are or not tell your opponent what your cards do, because that would be silly. Um, Heroclix is, at this point, a game of entirely public information. So <laughs> don't try to mess with your opponent by not telling them things that yeah, they Yeah, basically, <laughs> t- take your tarot deck and think of it like your equipment. 
your opponent will know what your equipment does. They'll know what your uh, equipment is. They just won't necessarily know when that equipment will be effective. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the, the big thing about tarot cards is that they're random, right? Like, you get one of your, at worst, five, at most, 12 each turn. So you can't totally predict when things will happen until you get later in your tarot deck, and then it becomes easier. Um, all right, so first I'm just going to go into quick positions on how the mechanic is best used, um, and then we'll talk about specific cards and everything like that. Um, so the first thing is that tarot cards are a symmetrical effect. Uh, if you read a card and it's really good for your team, you still have to consider how well your opponent's team uses it before you just throw it on your team and play it. So for example, um, there's a tarot card that lets you outwit twice the first time you outwit. If your team has no power cosmic or anything and a few outwits, then keep in mind that your opponent can just outwit outwit back. <laughs> so, you know, you're playing Sicarian Iron Man, you use your double outwit, get rid of two fairly important powers from them, they outwit your damage power and some other good power on your Sicarian Iron Man. Was that actually advantageous to you? Unless you were outwitting like two defensive powers? Probably not really. <laughs> so definitely uh, keep that in mind while you're building. Um, your opponent gets to use them as well as you. We'll talk when we get to specific cards that about how to break the symmetry on them. This is a concept that exists in other games where there's symmetrical effects. There haven't been a ton of symmetrical effects, at least in a long time, in Heroclix, so it hasn't been something that people have had to think about too much. Um, but this set actually brings quite a few of them. There's tarot cards, and there's like Merlin, who is also a symmetrical effect, although one that breaks its own symmetry somewhat by giving you plus one action total. Um, but yeah, we'll talk for specific cards about how you break their symmetry. But my general rule for them is that if you can't think of how your team is breaking the symmetry on a card, you probably shouldn't throw it on your team. Like if, you're, if there's a card that's just, this is reasonable offense, it probably benefits your opponent to a similar degree that it benefits you unless you can think of a reason that it doesn't. Um, I know Jackson and I have a philosophical difference on one particular major arcana on what constitutes breaking uh, symmetry on it, so it'll be interesting to talk about that when we get there. But just in general, you want to be thinking about why your team uses a card better than your average opponent's team. And of course, you always get to use your tarot cards first because they're flipped at the start of your turn. So there are some cards that the going first aspect inherently breaks the symmetry on them. Uh, for example, there's a charge card that's plus two speed. Uh, if you are charging into your opponent, you don't really care that they have plus two speed because you're right beside them. <laughs> They're not getting much out of that plus two speed at that point. So there are some that are sort of inherently uh, symmetry breaking, but in general, you want to think about uh, volume of specific effects and that kind of stuff. The other thing is there's a deck building restriction where you have to have one card of each suit and you have to have a major arcana. What this means is that especially until the OP cards are released, because we're only going to be talking about the main set tarot cards today, um, the legality announcement is out. It doesn't include any of the organized play event for X of Swords, so we will only have the main set cards at Worlds, and that's what we're talking about. Um, until that comes out, at least, the volume of effects in each suit is fairly low. So there might not be an effect in a particular suit that benefits you to a large degree. If there's nothing that benefits you to a large degree, the next best thing you can do is find something that at least doesn't benefit your opponent. So there are cards 
and we'll talk about the specific ones later, that just kind of don't do anything <laughs> for anyone. Um, they're just yeah, useless. I, I their powers net neutral. Yeah, net neutral or net zero because like their powers that nobody uses, their effects that just like don't actually make the power notably better. They're you know, it's a blank uh, turn type of card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Effectively, it's a blank, and it's my position at least that you actively should know what cards those are and think about including them in your deck. Um, not everybody agrees, but that's my opinion because there are a bunch of cards that I think are too symmetrical to play in the average deck, and it's better to play completely useless for everyone. Um, I mean, if you feel like you're an unlucky person, you're, you're, you're just know that if you play a card that is symmetrical, your opponent's going to get more use of it, out of it than you are. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, the other, okay, so the other thing about the tarot card rules is that they resolve before everything else in the turn. So if you have beginning the tur- of turn effects, that your tarot card comes into effect before you do them. This is important for tarot cards that affect leadership, for tarot cards, for example, that affect what powers you might pick. That means, with something like Sakarian Iron Man that picks powers at the start of the turn, that means that pick a power is just really good with tarot cards, even if you have to pick it start of the turn, because you're always going to know what tarot card effect you have before you actually have to pick the powers. Um, this becomes more relevant after the organized play event is released, because there are more power there are more tarot cards that really benefit powers in that. Like there's a really good energy explosion one. There's a really good psychic blast one in the main set. There's less like the sword slot is kind of bad in the main set. So it's a little bit toned down, but there's still some quite good ones. So just in general, anything that picks powers makes your tarot deck better. And your tarot deck makes anything that picks powers a little bit better. I mean, if if you're like me and only care about tarot cards when they're all legal, just wait to listen to both episodes. Because <laughs> but if you're playing in I don't worlds, even want to be have here to right now. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, I, I I just I'm just looking forward to where they're all out and I can just you know play whatever and not worry about you know it's really annoying. So I'm looking forward to when they retire. <laughs> That's maybe looking a little far ahead, unfortunately. But you're not wrong. Um, yeah. So. In general, the way that card games work is you will have a card that is better than all of the other cards. It's just inherently like there is a best card in your deck. You want to almost always maximize your chance of drawing your best card. And that means that you want to minimize the size of your deck unless you can put redundant effects in your deck. Um, this is just sort of general card game deck building. If you've played a lot of card games, you probably know all of this already, but Heroclix isn't a card game <laughs> in general. So uh, yeah. I want to go over it for... But but if I have new. more cards, then I have more cards. More cards yeah, is always exactly. better, right? Yeah. I mean, right? the thing is that you reshuffle. So, like, playing less cards doesn't mean you at some point in the game don't have tarot yeah, cards. Yeah, if you didn't get to reshuffle your deck, then I could... That you could definitely see the argument for playing a bigger tarot deck. No, I, I, I that was obvious. That was a total. Joke. I, I know, I understand, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I just want uh, to be very what, clear that I completely agree. Yeah, Devin, you what do have, you? Sorry, yeah. You, you need to have as few cards in your deck as possible, otherwise you won't draw the card that you need. Yeah, for consistency. What do you, um, Devin? What do you consider a, um, uh, what was the word you used? 
redundant effect. I a think. redundant effect. Is that something that basically is like another copy of one of your other cards in, in some so, effect? Yeah, so in standard card game parlance, it's like, you know, you're including eight removal spells instead of four in magic, right? Like you're, you have eight things that just kill something for the same amount of mana. And like, they are technically different cards, but nobody cares because they're effectively the same card. That yep. doesn't exist with tarot cards. Like there aren't cards that are exactly the same card because they work with multi with different powers, all of them, right? Like you're not, you can't play the exact same card. What you can do, and what I do consider a redundant effect in Heroclux tarot cards terms is include cards that enable the same kinds of turns. So for example, for, if you're playing X-Men with like Peepers and Venom Wolverine and a couple of maggots, you can play the card that makes Exploit Weakness splash, and you can play the card that makes Empower give plus attack. And both of those enable your Alpha Strike turn. And if you play both of them, you're more likely to have a card that enables your Alpha Strike turn on your Alpha Strike turn. Mm -hmm. So... Because then instead of that... one and five, you have a two and six, which Correct, is one and three. exactly. Yeah, so it's like, you know, a little bit better. <laughs> it's it's pretty significantly better in terms of percentage. I have calculations as part of this guide on what your percentage of drawing a card on the turn that you need it is. Um, so anybody uh, who is wondering about those calculations, you can check the calculations and tarot tab in the guide that will be linked in the description. And that will tell you exact percentages. I don't think there's much point talking about exact percentages here. But yeah, I mean, two and six is obviously better than one and five as a percentage just on the face of it. Um, that said, you do have to consider how much better one of those effects is than the other. So like, you know, the Empower one, you're playing Hope Peeper, Double Maggot, Venom Wolverine. The Empower one is better, uh, is worse than the Exploit one, right? Like you're going to want the exploit one more so you have to consider how much more you want the exploit one against your average opponent and see whether it makes sense to play two um i think i might still not play six in that particular example it's just the one that i found where i'm most likely to but it's definitely something i would consider there whereas i wouldn't really consider it elsewhere i i have a i have a scenario that we can talk about when we get to discussing like the tarot decks that Jackson and I are looking at for worlds where I've for sure. I've been considering going to a sixth card. Okay, yeah, and we can talk about whether it makes sense, whether we all think it makes sense in that scenario and stuff when we get there. But we'll talk about specific teams at the end. So yeah, let's uh, let's see that for now. Anyway, summary of this whole discussion is in general, keep your deck as small as possible. It sometimes makes sense to go above the minimum if there are enough cards that are good for your deck, and there are bad cards in other suits, effectively. Um, so. I think, again, this is more likely after the OP comes out and more likely with, like, pick a power style teams uh, and more likely if you're playing Tarot the figure that lets you have some amount of card selection more. But um, in general, I think your best bet is just build a five-card deck. I think that's going to, unless you know what you're doing, building a six or more card deck, I think in general building a five-card deck is going to be And we can all agree, never build a 12-card deck. Correct, yes. Yeah, I mean, so there are two reasons never to build a 12-card deck. One of them is that you'll be really unlikely to draw your really good cards, and the second is that there is almost no chance that there are 12 cards that don't help your average opponent more than you. You're also almost definitely not going to get through all cards in a game. Yeah, you're not getting 12 turns. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely so not. <laughs> you're just not getting 
cards that you might like 100% want or need in certain scenarios. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I go through my whole tarot deck in a game, that's already pretty good for these days. I hope most people's games are getting to five, but you never know. (laughs) Uh, It depends who you're playing. It depends on what you're playing against. Yeah. So both um, this guide and this episode are intended to be a starting point. I'm sure that there are things that I've missed. I'm sure that there are things that all four of us have missed, even though, you know, we've all thought about it. And some people at least have actually played a few games with them. Um, If you're testing, shows some things about your tarot deck that disagrees with the guide please change it don't (laughs) don't assume that uh this guide or this episode are completely correct most of this is very little testing and definitely for some of the cards we haven't tested them at all like we don't have time to play test games with every single figure that could be good with every single card so if your testing reveals something different change it up all right. Yeah, so let's um let's talk a little bit about the probabilities and stuff. Um not too much because I don't think just saying numbers is going <laughs> to help very much in general. But uh I do want to note that um card drawing probabilities are actually a little bit more complicated than you would assume. At first, um, there, it's not totally just doing two independent probabilities. It's a hypergeometric probability, where hypergeometric means that the thing that you take out of your population doesn't get put back in before you take your next sample out of the population. Um, and that means that your probability of getting something else in the population changes after your first draw. So if you're trying to figure out what you're getting in the first of two turns, it's not just two separate probabilities it's slightly different than that which the percentage difference is pretty low so if you just do two separate probabilities it's probably not a huge deal but um, i have used hypergeometric in the sheet so if you want to know the exact probabilities or if you spot a mistake in my math because i don't claim to be an expert <laughs> i just hope i got it right i uh, you're an expert because you threw around the word um, hypergeometric that is a word i know from magic <laughs> lots of people talk Kevin, about some of us some of us have liberal art degrees, so you're going to have to... Yeah, I mean, I assume I'm better positioned than a lot of people, <laughs> but I also assume there are quite a few people who know probability better than I do. So definitely, if you spot a mistake in something I did, let me know. Uh, because I'm, I'm sure Adam will find something. Right, yeah, like, <laughs> there are people. Um, yeah, so I do want to quickly talk about Tarot the figure. So she's really strange. Um, she changes your probabilities, which I haven't gone into exact probabilities with her because the math gets extremely complex but um what she does do is increase your card selection and guarantee you to see cards on certain turns so for example if you're playing a five card deck there you can guarantee that you see one of your five cards on either turn two or turn three with tarot whereas Without tarot, your only guarantee is that you'll see it sometime before turn five. Um, Whether that is incredibly important to you or not is up to you to decide. And tarot the figure on map is kind of bad. (laughs) Like, she's not 
the worst. She's a perplexer and outwit. She has stealth. But she's maybe a perplexer, maybe an outwit. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, she, you get an outwit when she's you need gonna a perplex, be good when she's perplexer, good. But, but that's a you're, you're gonna want to use her a limited amount of times. But she's gonna be very good in the times where she's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the other thing that she does potentially is let you play extremely situational tarot cards. Um. Because you look at one and pick this and pick one of you look at two and pick one of them, you can play a tarot card like, for example, one that takes action tokens off people who hit and only ever put it into play on turns where you have one action token and your opponent has two or something. And other than that, just don't put it into play and choose whatever the other one is, um, which is nice. But I would have to actually play more games than I have to uh, know whether that's worth it. And the team that you're most likely to play on X-Men has a lot of competition for both sideboard and mainboard slots. The other thing about her is that if you're using her to play these situational cards, you kind of have to put her on. You can't have her as like one swap option because then the times that you're not bringing her in, you have to deal with the situational cards, which is kind of bad. I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, she's a swap figure, so she'll see play sometimes at some point. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, The other thing about her that I think we need clarification on is that I'm actually not sure what happens when you only have one card in your deck at the start of your turn. So the way the tarot card rules work is when you would draw a card out of your deck and it has no cards in it, you reshuffle your entire deck. That's what they say. You reshuffle all of your cards. So I don't see any reason why the there's only one card in your deck scenario with tarot isn't. You draw one card. You can't draw it. You reshuffle everything, including the one card you've already drawn. You draw one off the top, and you have to play that card. Because I there's think, no, like... Sorry, go ahead, Jackson. Um, From just looking at it at first, and I could be very wrong about this, I think you just wouldn't draw two because it's a you may instead draw two. I'm pretty sure it would just that be... That was my thought process, too. just going to draw one. Because it's an optional effect, because you cannot meet the cost of the effect um, without... So you could... Yeah, it's possible, and it's possible that it's optional then, if there's only one left? Correct. Where you can yeah. draw your first one and then decide if you want to shuffle it back and draw a second one? That's um, probably what we need clarification on. No, so the way I read this is when you would draw a card from your tarot deck, you may instead draw two. So you're actually replacing that. So it's so either you have to you... decide before. Correct. I so you can either have whatever, but you'll know what the last card left in your that deck would be, is. That would be the way it. I so it they're going to rule whatever. They're going to make a ruling one way or the other. I think we're just going to get confused. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they'll make a ruling, hopefully. Um, If not, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we'll figure it out. Um, Yeah, like, the reason that if you did choose to draw two, you'd have to shuffle it back is that there's no, like, hand zone officially in Heroclix for tarot cards, right? Like, if they say shuffle everything back, you have to shuffle everything back. Whereas in another game, it might be shuffle everything that's not in your hand, but there's no such thing as a hand <laughs> in your in, in Heroclix tarot cards. So uh, hopefully WizKids will answer this. I don't know whether anybody submitted it to the win. I probably should if no one has, but we'll see. Um, the other thing about tarot, the figure, is that she doesn't actually help you get through your deck more much more quickly to reshuffle. It's one turn earlier. If you choose to 
if it works like we're thinking and you can choose to do the reshuffle. Um, it seems like it would, but because you put the other card back on the bottom instead of discarding it, it doesn't like actually allow you to reshuffle that much more quickly. So if you're thinking of playing her primarily because you want one card twice in a game, you're like slightly more likely to see it twice, but not as much as you would hope. Um, and I have specific turns that you're guaranteed cards on in the dock. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out. But I don't think there's much point, again, saying a string of numbers on here. So I think that's all we'll say about Terra the figure for now. All right, let's talk about specific cards. Um, we're just going to go through them in order of Major Arcana, Pentacles, Swords, Cups, Wands, uh, not in this card is good order or anything. Uh, so let's start. All right, the first one is the Fool. Characters can't use the effective equipment. Um, really good if you're not playing equipment. Yeah. <laughs> As a, a Mad Jim Jaspers hater, I absolutely love it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so the things to consider with this card is, are you not playing equipment, or are you playing equipment that matters more that your opponent doesn't have it than that you don't have it? So like, if you're playing one cloak, then it might still be worth putting the fool on your team, unless that cloak is like the thing enabling your entire like ability to carry at all or something. Um, so definitely something to consider. The other thing to consider for me is, uh, it's really good for Thanos, I think. Yep. Because your opponent just doesn't get Emod for one turn, and also it resets it, so they have <laughs> to pick Battle Fury for the next turn. Yep. So you get to get an attack through. If you have no other way to get rid of Emod, you get to get one attack through, and that might just be enough to win you the game. It's probably not if your opponent's built a good team, but it could be. Um, and then the next turn, they're guaranteed to have to have Battle Fury for the entire turn, which is in, in a, And it has, like object interactions that are pretty good like you said it resets duration so like it'll also reset the duration of say like the dark hold or something yeah. and if you're looking at a team like uh with merlin that's just kind of forcing your opponent to take another free action so that's like it has yeah. it has interesting effects like obviously you're not counting on that most of the time but it has it has nice bonuses i think it's a good card yeah it's definitely like the thing about major arcana right now is that there aren't very many good cards <laughs> yeah um so you're usually playing one of the like two good cards or a useless one in Major Arcana, at least until the organized play is released. And the Fool is definitely one of those good cards. So if you're playing, you know, just uh, one cloak or nothing at all, as far as equipment goes, I definitely consider putting the Fool. And if you're playing Thanos, it might be the best, even though there are actually two other Major Arcana that are good for specifically Thanos which is weird because there aren't many major arcana that are good for anything. <laughs> as as a Thanos hater, it is kind of upsetting that most of these tarot cards are just really, really good for him. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, there's a bunch like, of new mechanics. Oh, they just all happen to be good for Thanos somehow. <laughs> he has a specific one in each suit that is just so good for him. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there there's a bunch in each, there's one in each suit at least that you basically can't play if you're not playing Thanos because they're too good for Thanos. Which yep. is bizarre. <laughs> All right. Um, the then fool, we have. The fool is my personal favorite so far. So. Sorry. The fool is your personal favorite. I said the fool is my personal favorite. If I'm playing or uh, if you see me playing a tarot deck, I'm playing the fool. For sure. 
And then we have the card that I know that Jackson and I somewhat disagree on, strength. Attack rolls of double ones are not critical misses. Attack roll doubles that would hit are critical hits. Um, So what I've said in the guide is that I think it's good with, if you're playing DJ Doom, um, just the ability to manipulate dice makes this significantly better. If you're not playing something like DJ Doom, I would probably avoid it. I know Jackson has been running it on X-Men, so do you want to explain what you think about that? So this is a or card. If you're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's currently on my build because there's not another major arcana that I've just started testing with yet. Um, it's the probably prime example of an amazing card that is just as good for your opponent. Yeah. It is the with the example of or with the uh, benefit of you going first, so you're getting the effect. Now there have been games with this obviously where like I've gotten the doubles multiple times and it's just been amazing. And there have been times where I haven't gotten it all, and then my opponent rolls two twos and KOs something. But it's a card that is probably there. not. No, oh, go ahead. I did. I did just think of one symmetry breaker that can be fun, but I'll say it after. Okay. Yeah, it's it's probably not as good as I want it to be, just because of how hard it can hit you back. Um, I'm kind of relying a lot on like uh, shape change and invincible playing this card because a lot of my team has access to that. Yeah. Um, so it kind of counterbalances, but at the same time, it can be very risky. So it's a very high risk, very high reward type card. Jay, well, I just realized like just now, if you don't have any evasion or mastermind, it can be really good. Should just yeah, it's definitely out. better like, if, if your opponent's not. Yeah. yeah. That said, it could if your just opponent has be pretty pulse cool. wave and crits because of it, then uh... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. good against. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love it either yeah. because I do feel like I think I agree with Jackson more, but I agree that there's going to be like the. And I basically agree with both of you. I don't think so. I'm it, actually yeah, it so a few things that are important like, to note about this card: it says attack rolls of doubles that would hit are critical hits. Yep. So your double ones aren't critical misses, but they're also not critical hits unless you had. Uh, 15 attack in your opponent. So I have successfully killed a Thanos rolling crit miss with this card. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, he gets terrible defense. He gets to a 12 defense. So like, yeah, I need anything, but oh, I need literally any dice roll. I just need to throw these dice on the table and he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, so my general opinion of it is that you probably shouldn't play it unless you're playing dice manipulation of some kind. That said, there are other things uh, that make this, that break the symmetry on it. Like Jay mentioned, if you have nothing that evades so crits don't screw you quite as much that's nice also um sheer volume of attacks is somewhat of a symmetry breaker if you're making seven attacks a turn and your average opponent is making three then you just have a lot more chances to roll doubles a lot of probs same thing if you're rolling the dice a bunch more times then you have a lot more chances to roll doubles so you know if you're playing some mystical theme team with uh, a bunch of the war of the realms loki and faust then Maybe you play French Strength. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> but, a card uh, I'm currently testing with that I'm probably going to stray away from in the future, but it's been good for now. Yeah, it's definitely one of my lower confidence cards on when not to play it, so definitely give it a try if you have a team that you think meets some of the conditions that we've described here. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to say about Strength? Those? No, you guys know that. All right. Okay, next we have Temperance. When a standard character successfully breaks away, that character's controller gains a mission point. So... This card's interesting. Um, it doesn't do anything if you're not facing mission points. If you are facing somebody who 
is trying to win with mission points, this card is really bad for you because this is the only main set mission point card that your opponent has some control over. The other two, which are right after this, you have entire control over whether your opponent gets the mission points off of them. So if you're facing somebody who's trying to win on mission points, you just don't use them. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's the issue with this one. I would not play this ever if you're not it's, trying to win it's on It's kind of points. a blank card, but it's the blank you don't play. Yeah, the problem, like if this was the only mission point card, maybe, but there are two that are just more useless. So yeah, I would you're almost this if you're, you're almost definitely not going to into mission points. But if you're one of the one person who's crazy enough to have figured it out, and then you're just helping them, then yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. not the one you want to play. And David's a lot of mockingbirds in this minutes team has actually been doing pretty well. So and yeah. it uses this card really well because mockingbird moves and has sidestep, so you can move and break away in the same turn three times quite easily. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say about that card. The moon, when an opposing character uses perplex, gain one mission point. This is the card I recommend playing if you don't have a good major arcana for the most part, because it's entirely in your control, and generally you have less perplex than you have prob, which is the next one. Um, like if you're so the really important thing about this card is if you're playing against somebody who is winning with mission points. Don't use Perplex. If you're not, don't let flipping this card prevent you from using Perplex. Giving your opponent three mission points when this is the only way for them to gain mission points doesn't do anything. So, <laughs> In my opinion, this is the blankiest blank card there is. It's just, this is a turn reset. It's It doesn't matter. Yeah. And if it somehow but does, but you're there, picking, you're but Only points. 17 more. But if I have 20 Perplexes, I can't use them all. Yeah. You can just infinitely roll a one with Faust. You might win them the game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to avoid that, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have the moon on a lot of sample decks because, again, I don't think that that many of the uh, of these cards are, of the uh, Major Arcana specifically, are that good for a lot of teams. Uh, next, we have Wheel of Fortune, which is basically the same thing, but for Prob. Technically, it says each time the attack roll is rerolled, so the effect doesn't have to officially be Prob. It can be another tarot card. It can be somebody whose effect is reroll one dice that doesn't officially say Prob. Um, it's approximately equivalent to the Moon, but I think the Moon just has the edge. If your team has, like, five perplexes on it, maybe you play Wheel of Fortune instead. I mean, if you know for a fact you're Probably playing against a team of, like, four Doctor Doom Stranges, then, like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> True. Yeah, I think I have this in one sample deck because the team has, like, four perplexes or up to five if Hope copies it and, like, two probs or something. So it seems, like, on balance it's very similar but it's a very similar card to the moon i think the moon usually has the edge and uselessness you should probably just play the moon if you have an absorbent amount of perplexes then this is just as good as a blink card as the other it's fine exactly all right high priestess we're back to good ones <laughs> once per turn each player may rule a single d6 in a friendly character's role including a single d6 in an attack role so uh, this is another card that's good with Thanos because it just says a single D6. It doesn't say what in, so you can reroll your gem count, which yep. Thanos getting one gem is a lot worse than Thanos getting two gems, as I have discovered while playtesting Thanos for people. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, due to that, if people are playing Thanos, I wouldn't play this. Agreed. It's, it's tough. It's, if you're playing a team 
with, let's maybe say, maybe a lot of willpower, where just getting that one extra roll that might reset you again is, like, really big. Like, say if you're playing Sakari and Iron Man, then I could see a world in which you'd want to play this. But I think for the most part, if you're not playing Thanos, this is just too good for an opposing Thanos. I was yeah. going to say, this is this is the re-roll one, is that correct? Yeah, yes. re-roll any um, D6. Yeah, I just... If, if somebody I think could have is... a random, like, game-changing roll, like if somebody has a Faust or something... This is, yeah. like, this is this is too powerful for my opponent for me to ever want to play this card. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's my problem with it. Like theoretically, having a high volume of leadership, willpower, shape change, super senses also is a symmetry breaker on this card. Um, getting to use it once on your turn and once on your opponent's turn is pretty nice, but it's so good with Thanos and with Faust. Maybe uh, does yeah, Faust roll the dice or Faust. does yeah Faust rolls the dice? Right, yeah. not you. Yeah. Yeah, so it does work for Faust's role as well, which is obviously incredible. So, yeah, I, I would avoid this, unfortunately. Also, uh, yeah, just giving somebody, like, a, a reroll on a Blades roll. Yep. Especially yeah. with all the swords. It's There are so many times when this is just going to just hurt you more than it's going to yeah. help you. Sheer variance means that some opponent's going to have something that gets better use out of it than you. Yeah, like, you could reroll your, like, you roll, like, a one on Blades. You reroll it, now you get a two. And your opponent then gets a one and then rolls it to a six. Like this. Can yeah, just not a, and not only that, hurt. like thinking about like the widespread variance of teams that you'll face, you are inevitable to come into a rogue team that's like, I'm playing this reroll a, a, a friendly D6 and I'm playing against like time diamond Spider-Man with Wonder Woman bracelets. <laughs> It's like, oh, he's got, got a two through six super senses that he gets to yeah. re-roll. It's like, I was going to win that game, but I pulled the High Priestess against his ultimate nullifier. Yeah, so one of the things about symmetrical effects, just speaking of rogue teams, is that there's really nothing you can do to make sure that they're never bad for you. Right. You want them to be good for you on average. Um, yeah. That said, like, if there's some matchup that they make it impossible to win, which I don't think is true of any tarot card because they only happen one out of X turns of the game, right? Um, you definitely shouldn't play them. That said, High Priestess, I think, is still high impact enough for basically every player in the game. Because, like, even just re-rolling a six in an attack roll isn't bad, right? Like, yeah. that's the fail case for your opponent. <laughs> and if, if we're talking about how good it is for Thanos, if you're putting it in your deck and you're not playing a Thanos, you've now doubled the odds of that Thanos player having that card. He now gets yeah. two. He gets two uses of it mm -hmm. before he before the decks get shuffled. For sure, that that is definitely the other thing is that if you're playing a card that is really good for your opponent, good enough that they'll be playing it, that uh, now they have it more. <laughs> All right. Next, we have the Devil. When a character attacks after resolutions, deal them one penetrating damage for each six in the finalized attack roll. This is the third major Arcana card that's really good for Thanos. Yep. Why? Yep. <laughs> This is actually a card I'm considering throwing on X-Men, just to the high volume of uh, Invincible and Reduced Penetrating. Um, but it's it's definitely a good card if you're playing, for instance, an OMA, or just a lot of Reduced Penetrating. It's yeah. forcing your opponent to re-roll high rolls in an attack, which is always good. The or, other thing about this card with Thanos specifically is that it's really good with mind control. It sure is. Yes, it is. If you crit oh. while mind controlling someone, oh boy, <laughs> you are a happy Thanos player. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, it is. To note, it is one penetrating damage for each six. So. 
So then my so I guess my my not that this would actually super matter. Is it one in, two instances of one or one instance of two? If you roll if you roll a crit. I read this as I one believe, instance of two, but I'm not I sure. also read it as that. I was interpreting it as two instances of one. That only matters for Thanos critting well on toughness. Yeah. Right? Pretty much. It hopefully oh, won't come up, but we'll see. Or any anyone with reduced pen damage toughness. Sure. I can't. He's the only I can't I wait to see the game where Thanos mind controls a time dilation Spider-Man who hits him with the Soul Sword and takes five <laughs> mystics or five penetrating after. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, yeah, the other the other figure that uh, I think about this for is if you're playing Vision Prime, he is invincible. He's most of your team that attacks. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um. All right, that is all of the major Arcana. So you see what I mean about the Moon, right? <laughs> like. If you are playing equipment, then you're playing uh the moon. Because the fool. Or no, if you're playing equipment, you play the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If yeah, you yeah, are playing equipment, then it's like, I don't know, how am I possibly playing any of these other cards? So you just yeah. kinda end up on the moon, unfortunately. Yeah. Which kinda sucks, because like on the moon. I don't know. It obviously feels bad to put useless things in your on your team, but they are significantly better than things that are bad for you. That I've heard lots true. of people saying, but I don't want to put something that's completely useless. I'm like yeah, but do you want to put something that's actively bad? <laughs> like, it's not completely uh, useless. Neg- negative one is a worse yeah. number than zero. Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right, so we're on to movement. We're on to pentacles. The, we, have, we start with the ace of pentacles. When a character uses flurry and misses one or both attacks, after resolutions, they may make a close attack. I'll uh, reiterate what Pedro has already said about this. It's just prob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the one... Sorry, go ahead. This is the most basic card, I think, as in it's just not that special. It's just, like, cool. So there is one instance in which this isn't exactly prob. It's almost always exactly prob. The one instance in which it's not is if your opponent has super senses and hits it. Because that counts as you missing, but prob yes. wouldn't have helped either. So, yes. technically, yeah, it's in that slightly scenario, better than prob. <laughs> I also believe that this card, and I know we don't really, I'm not going to go super deep dive into it. This card could see more play in silver. Because ran silver actually cares. Team. Silver cares more about your density of attacks. So getting another attack for either trouble alerts or troublemakers sure. is relevant. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but for the most part, this is prob. If you have a couple of things that use flurry and you have nothing else in pentacles, sure, why not? Like, that's basically all I have to say about it. Yep. Anybody else? Yeah. Nope. No, it's fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, if your team is relying on flurry to kill a specific thing like you know flurry from scarion to kill destroyer or kill thanos or something then maybe you do play this but i feel like you're probably going to have a better card a lot of the time that's fair but it's not it's usually not actively okay so actually the other symmetry break of this slightly is really high defense values because like more probs is just better if you have really high opposing defense values or your defense values so if you're playing something like sakarian and um like either Watu or uh, Wanda Maximoff with the Captain Carter shield, and you're just going to have really high defense values. You probably don't want to play this if you're because you're going to run into a lot of Sakarians, and you're just making it more likely that they get through your really you're high. You're giving values. them more options to break through your shield. Exactly. It's just not good. Yeah. So you know if you if you have reasonable defense values and you're relying on flurry, this seems fine. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't play it. 
right, we have the five of pentacles. When a character uses charge, they modify speed plus two. Um, I've written a lot for this for some reason. Charge flash is the first thing that comes to mind with this. Yeah, charge charge flash and uh, sky tyrant. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely a card that I don't know how much you actually want to play it because it's relying so heavily on you getting it off first. Either you pull it like turn two, or you pull it on a turn where you're not double tokened. Because if you don't, it feels really bad to have a flash just move nine hit, move nine hit. It's it's not great. Yeah, I mean the idea is that uh hopefully at least you are using it first so you'll be close to them already so it doesn't matter how far your opponent can charge um that won't always be true and like you said if you're going second and pull this on your turn one it's really bad (laughs) yeah which is something important to consider um you know it also does stuff i'm sorry i was just gonna say it also does stuff for like venom wolverine so yeah. monsters, if you're playing Sky Tyrant and Venom Wolverine, it's cool. Also for Blackheart, like just having that plus two free move yeah. on on the free charge. Um, yep. But yeah, that's that's a, a mentality I've been taking a lot with my tarot decks. Is like, how much of my deck can I make that isn't a terrible card to pull on turn one? Yeah, that's true. Especially if you're going second. So if you have a high theme, you have to worry about it a little less. If you're playing unthemed, yep. you should think about it a lot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, we're back to a card that's great for Thanos. When a character uses a mind control after resolutions, they may deal their printed damage value divided by between all hit uh, You cannot play I, this if you're not playing Thanos. I hate this card so you much. You absolutely cannot You play can this. play this with one other character. Are you thinking of Scarab or? I am thinking of Exodus. Yeah. Uh, oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the problem with the Exodus combo, which is great, to be clear. So the thing about Exodus is that he already deals his printed damage after he mind controls. So this lets you do it twice, and it's not damage from an attack. So it bypasses a whole bunch of stuff like stop clicks and uh, Sicarian being able to take off objects and all that kind of stuff. Um, the problem is that if you are playing this card, you have to play Exodus every game. Right. You, you have yeah. to just accept that it's a bad card if you don't ever have Exodus in. Exactly. And Thanos like, that's bad. <laughs> is 100% playing this card. You don't want to give yep. him to him two turns in a row. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, Exodus is actually cool tech against a lot of things in the meta. He is really expensive. Um, and you do have to have him on every swap. <laughs> also so. terrible for swap math. Oh, awful. Yeah, that's the problem. That's basically the problem with him being really expensive, is that how do you make a reasonable swap that doesn't include him when he's 95 points? <laughs> it worked. It worked with my uh, Hellfire Club team back before it XDPS worked with, retired. It worked but. with my team before XDPS yeah. retired with Gladiator. Yeah. Because I was sure. already working on a 100-point swap anyway. Makes sense. Uh, but no, I, I hate this mind control card. I wish it never existed. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so the other thing that, like, it technically does something on is Scarab with the Puppet Master object. You have to be very certain that you can beat a Thanos. Yeah. If you're playing it on Scarab with the Puppet Master object, because when it's obviously Scarab much better on Thanos. Damage and yeah, Thanos which, is like, more. obviously dealing two in addition to a mind control with Scarab is very good. Yeah. But it's it's not 
better than what Thanos is doing, unfortunately. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm skeptical of this one. If you're not playing Thanos, you are playing this on literally every Thanos team. There is no reason not to be playing this if you're playing Thanos. And it should be your only pentacles if you're playing Thanos. There's no reason to play a more than five card deck with Thanos specifically, in my Agreed. opinion. Yeah. Because the good cards for him are so good. <laughs> This next one is really interesting to me. The Seven of Pentacles. Characters that can't use characters can't use improved movement abilities. Full stop. Period. Characters that can use plasticity have free move at half speed. Okay, so the second half of this is the, what I've mostly thought about for it, which is it's real good. It's really good. Uh, anybody who has the cloak can now move half their speed for free. Venom Magneto, Venom Wolverine, uh, mm-hmm. Mimic. Um, I don't know, man. Other stuff. <laughs> there's, yeah, this, there's a lot of really good things for it. This was definitely in my Venom Wolverine ideas when I was first seeing these cards. And I was like, oh, this just means I can actually just double attack with Venom Wolverine on, on my alpha. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would play this on any X-Men team in which Legacy Iceman isn't a primary swap. Um, the problem with this for Legacy Iceman is that despite the fact that he has plasticity from the cloak, he's relying on improved movement, ignores characters a lot. (laughs) Um, This is also a good card to use when you are... So this is a card you want to also be looking at maps that you are picking. Yes. um, Because this this is probably the most map-reliant card. Um, because if you have if you pull this card and you have select selected a poor map where you can't really get around uh, because of elevation, um, that's why you want to kind of consider which maps you're picking when you're looking at this card. Yeah. So the characters can't use improved movement abilities. Half is interesting. I don't. I haven't figured out how to maximize this. My only idea for it is PJ's scientist build where you can go to like a heavy elevated map and then you have improved targeting elevated and your opponent no longer has improved movement elevated. Yep. So you get to shoot up it and your opponent can't move down it to attack you. Oh, which is nice. Hell's Pit. Yeah. Hell's Pit, Blue Area of the Moon, whatever, any of those. Uh, That said, they don't really have much plasticity other than Sakarian. So you aren't getting full use out of the second half and you might be giving your opponent good use out of it like the fact that they can move at half speed may be enough to get around the improved movement part it's it's weird so i can't be sure that it's good for that style of team before playtesting it but i'd at least be interested to try it out which card again uh the this is seven of pentacles card. can't use improved movement plus this team free move at half yeah um i like this one a lot this is pretty good for yeah. x-men so we've already said great for x-men yeah um I were wondering whether it's good for like scientists on an elevated map and there I'd like to try it based on based based on all the other pentacles though it's probably I'd say it's probably the second best one or no the the other one that I'm thinking of is uh, swords yeah no I think this would be the best pentacles card yeah I think for in sure. a vacuum this is the best pentacles card for that um at least until OP uh do you have any particular thoughts on this Jerry Jackson no. Um, Cloak's somehow better now? Yeah, right. <laughs> Cloak was already on most of the top eight at Nationals, and now it's better. Uh, all right, so then we have the Eight of Pentacles. When a character uses knockback, they can knock a character back up to six squares instead of three. If that character can use Force Blast, they can choose the direction. This is largely a blank. Uh, this is the one I use on my team. <laughs> yep. So the only card that I've seen for this that makes it like actively good, the only figure, is Legacy Scarlet Witch 
who can phase and then force blast at a range of 10, yep. choosing a direction to knock back six, yeah. which is really good. The unfortunate part is that that's one out of five turns. So and you're, pl- and you're, having you're also playing the Scarlet Witch. Witch. Right, that's the problem. You're playing her on the turns where you don't have this card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the turn where you do have this card, she's an incredible figure. But that's one out of five. So um, It's also it's like, this could be an okay card if you're looking like anybody with obviously with pick a power like Scarry and Iron Man um, sure. where like you see this come up and it's, it's very situationally based. So this could be like, you're out to specific formation based teams. Um, yeah. And again, anybody pulse with wave knockback fun. <laughs> or pulse wave force blast. So now you get to just kind of move sure, everybody. everybody <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was always fun with uh, Magneto. Um, yeah. That is exactly who I was thinking of. Let yep. us let us thank everyone that this card does not work with twenty point deep cuts human torch because yeah. oh my god correct <laughs> <laughs> yes because it is when they well, use the knockback stage phrase no yeah the figure's already stupid <laughs> all right but, um, like, what if more stupid that figure is very good all right and then we have a really good card. Again, the Nine of Pentacles. When a character uses sidestep, they may move up to three squares instead of two. Um, they made this... it. A, they made the joke a real card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so the thing about this card is that if you're playing like Chip and Mary Jane, yep, you can move so far with this card. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and like sidestep flash. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All the paparazzi. <sighs> yeah, like chip inside that flash. Any of that. It's but I just, I, I don't think I can play this card on principle. I just feel like sidestep is already so good. Yep. Giving it to my opponent is just asking for trouble. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I've played tarot in tournament precisely once so far. I went to a silver tournament in the U.S. and I played this card, and it was the only good card in my deck. <laughs> there were just no other good main set cards in my entire deck because because of the team I was playing, but this card was really good. <laughs> it yeah. got my stuff into position really easily. I was playing uh, four ma- uh, Fast Forces Giant Girls, two uh, Dark Phoenixes, two 2 by 2 Magnetos, and then, so, and I was also playing Spin Ring, so between the two 2 by 2 Magnetos and Spin Ring and this, I could just get anybody anywhere on the map, on the turn where I flip this up easily. Yeah. Like, I faced an opponent who was playing Pirates, and they were in water, and my team was entirely ranged, and I just didn't care because I could stand anywhere on the map. Yep. Yeah. I was like, okay, um, cool, you're in water. I don't like. I'm I'm within four squares of you. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't <yeah>. matter. <laughs> so you also mentioning like this being really good with Mary Jane because of just the amount of of reach you get or mobility you get from the Green Lantern DA. She also makes paparazzi, which have sidestep. Correct. Uh, yep. So this makes it easier to steal objects with paparazzi on turn one. Um, just gives them slightly more mobility, which is nice. Lots of stuff that this does that's really, really awesome. Um, yeah, I, I have experience playing teams that can carry each other with sidestep a bunch. Um, the old uh, Elders of the Universe team that I won Canadian Nationals with was swap around the yep. space gem to three people with sidestep, and that team could steal an opponent's object and end back up in your starting area just with sidesteps on turn one. So with this card, you can just go across the map. It just, like, <laughs> it's so much. Because you sidestep three, you place the next person in front, 
and then you get to sidestep again. It's it's a lot of movement. Yeah, so it's really a four. It's a four square reach per exactly. sidestep. Yeah, it's so much. Oh right. boy, even more reach on Sakarian Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we should talk about when you play this. Um, I think it's basically just in the situation. Like, so it depends on volume of sidesteps. If you're playing a team that just has like six sidesteps on it, go ahead. Or if you're playing a carry team that has chip and something else that can sidestep, I think it's also really good. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't think so. So now no, you made me realize I want to play a Silver Age game because that's the only way I can play it with Yafit. I was about to say Yafit awesome. Silver Age. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh no. <laughs> Whole team sidesteps three. <laughs> okay, three free actions. Uh, green light to team ability. I'm in your starting area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, that's not the word for it. <laughs> yeah, gross, sweet. You know, same thing. Uh, all right, we have the Ten of Pentacles. When a character uses hypersonic speed and hits during the action after resolutions remove an action token from them. This is kind of medium. This is probably... I would mostly say unplayable, because, but because of Sakari and Iron Man, this is fine. Yeah. Like, you're probably only ever getting use out of this with Iron Man, and, like, obviously it helps other Iron Mans, but... Yeah, and, like, I, I basically on teams with Iron Man on them. Because, like, yeah. Iron Man and Hope might get use out of it on a team with both, but, yeah, uh, yeah there's not I feel like that you're doing with it. you're giving an opposing Iron Man a free turn, that and was I feel my, like that's that just was my bad. Thought, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That's just... No. Yeah, so the problem with all of these cards that say remove an action token on them is if you flip them when you're double tokened and your opponent isn't, then they're actually really bad for you. Yeah. And that's yep. like a not insignificant number of turns. So be careful. The only careful. one that's not like that is the TK one when we get to it specifically yes. with Venom Magneto. Well, that's like two from here, but yeah, oh, cool. that is awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'd be careful playing this. Uh, if there's literally nothing else in Pentacles that you feel like you can play, and you're playing Sakari and Iron Man, then maybe. If you have, like, four leaderships and his willpower or something on your team, then sure, because he'll probably be untokened. So This is kind of similar fine. to strength. If you're fine with basically just taking the risk, it's going to help your opponent, then go for it. You probably shouldn't, but... Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the thing is that on the turns where you're double-tokened, it's bad. So you do have to consider that like really bad okay page of swords when a character uses steel energy they heal two clicks instead of one uh this is another card that's for thanos sure like you could put this on your pick a power teams i mean it's good for pick a power it's good if you're playing agatha um it's fine yeah which one was this again uh heal steel two, energy heal two instead of one um the one that I was really excited to play this with was uh, Prime Wonder Woman. Yeah, sure. any vampire figure. Like, I'll probably play this in, like, casual with the uh, Rare Rogue. Like, this is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. The thing about this card... Can you ask me if I play a card that gives Thanos an advantage? Yeah, so the thing about this card, is, other than um, the obvious it's good for Thanos, is that it's not quite as good for Thanos as the other cards that are really good for Thanos. So this is the only one so far that I've said this is good for Thanos that I might play on a non-Thanos team. I still would be skeptical. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that there are many teams where you want this card, because this card is... It not only checks for the randomness of pulling this card, it's also the randomness is, am I damaged when yes. I flip this card? Have I taken damage? Am I double-tokened? Can token? I actually <laughs> use the steel energy, or have I, is this like... 
turn four, and I haven't been hit yet, somehow. For sure. Yeah, this is pretty random about whether you get use. Um, if Thanos didn't exist, I'd say that this is like largely a blank if you're not playing pick a power, so you can just put it on your pick a power teams and be mostly fine. Uh, but he does, so I wouldn't. <laughs> um, the next one, Knight of Swords. This is the one that As was just talking about. When a character uses telekinesis after resolutions, remove an action token with them. Venom Magneto! Yay! <laughs> yep. If you're playing a Venom Magneto, put this on your team. If you're not playing a Venom Magneto, don't put this on your team. Done. Or if you're playing a Venom... You, you don't have to put it on your team if you're playing Venom Magneto and have, are using a different Swords card. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. most of them suck, so you're probably not. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, there are a few that you could play, but most I've of I've considered this one bad. for my team, for sure. Yeah. So I guess on Ruler that. theme, you might end up playing the Six, which we'll get to instead. We'll see. Anyway... Yeah, generally, this is great with Venom Magneto. It's not good with anybody else, really. Um, the thing about it with Venom Magneto is he can use TK as free, so even if he's double-tokened when you flip it, you can remove an action token and still TK is costed or move carrying or whatever that turn, which is obviously... Yeah. And it's awesome. a it's a good card to pull on turn one with him because you can cost yeah. the TK, take the token, and now he's not going to be double-tokened on your neck, on your turn two. For sure, which is always bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Queen of Swords. When a character attacks, its roll of ten, its rolls of ten or eleven are critical hits. Um, the only position that I've found to play this is if you're playing dice manipulation. Uh, it's very similar to strength. It's yeah. too random. It's going to help your opponent more than it helps you if you're unlucky. Yeah. Again, if if dice manipulation is a good team, maybe. If, if like playing, something new comes out and that makes a comeback, then sure. Yeah. I'm not sure that just like DJ Doom and Adolf Impossible is good enough, especially because you can't theme them. <laughs> and then you're also playing um, Adolf Impossible. Yeah, that's that's the other problem. With yeah, that. you're you're looking for like Q plus DJ plus like Trillane. Yeah, maybe in Silver. And uh, once the um, Hellfire Gala figures come yes. out, this is great for them because that's you're true. always rolling a ten if you roll a five. Uh, yeah. So I definitely play it there. But other than that, I'd avoid it. King of Swords, when the character hits with an attack roll of doubles after resolutions, remove an action token from them. Um, no. <laughs> nope. There's a there's a Swords that we missed. Is there? Nine uh, of Swords. That, we're not there yet. Oh, oh, we're only I'm doing the, the main set ones now? Oh, okay. I thought we were doing it by suit. My bad. Uh, nope. I'm doing suited. Uh, we're already, we are doing Swords. I do non-numbered and then numbered. Just. Oh, I got you. We're getting there. But uh, yeah, King of Swords, very similar to Queen of Swords. Um, the way that you break the symmetry on this one slightly is have free attacks when you're double tokened. Yep. So you can use this even if you're double tokened. So things Venom like Wolverine. Venom Wolverine and Legacy Iceman. Venom Wolverine loves this better. card. Yep. yep. Um, but it's still pretty random. <laughs> so, absolutely. Because uh, so you also have to hit. Right, exactly. You have to hit, you have to roll yeah. doubles, you have to... Hit with like, double. It's... What? If you have nothing else to play, then sure. Like, this but... is largely useless. <laughs> yeah. And it can also just help your opponent and you just don't roll the doubles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't play this. Um, you can, and it probably won't punish you, but it also probably won't help you, so I don't know why. <laughs> yep. uh, next up is the Five of Swords. If there's any rally... If, there, if, there, uh, if there's any of those rally characters that... Uh... Are any of the ones that replace their attack roll any good? I don't think so, but yeah, it's something to consider for sure. What, like Iska? No. 
Oh, I was thinking like all the other ones, like the oh from like the yeah, there are a few, but I don't remember them. Yeah, <laughs> eh. not good. Another early playable. Yeah, this is another one that is kind of good with the Hellfire Gala, but Queen of Swords is better, so I would I still wouldn't play it. Anyway, they aren't out, so I don't know why we're discussing them, but uh, interesting. Uh, Five of Swords, when a character that can use super strength is given an action. Notably, an action is not a costed action, so a free action is an action. Um, after resolutions, they may generate a standard object for them to immediately hold. Uh, this card kind of sucks. It's like okay The worst card. This yeah, sucks this is super strength sucks. Right. Super strength is the most useless power in the game. This is just sad. There are no play. There are no figures you are playing that have super strength, and you're not picking it with Iron Man. Yeah. So the only possible thing to play this with is Sakarian Iron Man. The problem being that it's only useful if you flip it on a turn where he only has one object, and then you still have to pick only super strength because he only has one object <laughs> on that turn. Yeah. <laughs> Which sucks. It doesn't make sense because he would he would immediately yeah, he'd hold it. Holding it. He's not getting it for his stats either. He'd have to like sidestep to get the object drop then like move then to drop it. it. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't he no, wouldn't actually be able to pick it up. It's when he would straight. it's when he would pick up an object, right? He just says like, they hold it. Yeah. So. It's it's terrible. Uh but it is almost completely useless, and it is technically slightly better than nothing on specifically Sakarian Iron Man. So if there's nothing else in here that you want for your Sakarian Iron Man, maybe. <laughs> oh, this is, I, I lied earlier, this is the best blank card in the game. It does literally yeah, nothing. Exactly. Yeah, so I'd put this on your Sakarian Iron Man teams if you aren't playing anything else, because, like, it's not hurting you, and it technically has some marginal benefit. It's not so bad, it's kind of playable. Exactly. <laughs> uh, six of Swords, when a character uses Incapacitate after resolutions, they deal their printed val- uh, damage value. I have divided thoughts between on this targets. one. I want this is a great card. On this. Yes. this is an amazing card for yeah. two reasons. One, I think Shifting Focus Wonder Woman is criminally underplayed. Mm-hmm. I think she's still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you could incap this card comes out. You're getting two free attacks with incap every turn that are now dealing damage. And mm-hmm. two... Um, Mad Jim is a thing. Just put a lasso on yep. the sideline. You should be anyway, even if you're not yeah. playing this card. And Agreed. there aren't really that many good swords cards, so if you're playing a Mad Jim, just play this card. Uh-huh. And also, yeah. just Iron Man can just pick incapacitate. Oh, That's completely guys, fine. It is printed. You guys, you guys have not you, you guys have not said, in my opinion, the, the Flash figure with it. Oh, yes. Charge Flash is terrifying with this card. Uh-huh. Because not only is he doing six damage to you, he's double tokening you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there are a lot of I figures that just die from six. But Everyone yeah, forgets he has in-cap. I don't think it's ever been used. <laughs> Will be now. <laughs> it, yeah. should be, it should be used more often. Taking yep. cap out like that is insane. And the thing is that you can choose to not use it once and use it the second. So you can do a charge with an object to deal four to kill something and then charge yep. to deal three and in-cap something else. Like, yep. you have so many options. It's great with charge flash and you can yeah. always play charge flash and mad jim like they're both very good figures you, you should be playing exactly like you're playing unthemed with mad jim a lot of the time so just put a charge flash on your team yeah and play this yeah uh, guys are making me feel like i'm wrong for not playing mad jim on my non-themed team yeah i mean i mean destroyer is i mean it wasn't a thing i would really be. good too yeah, yeah. There are two really I'm good not prime. playing him because Destroyer exists. So. Yeah, yeah, I think Destroyer is still objectively just better. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm not sure I agree. About not objectively better, not better but, but they are good choices. They're good, both they're good both options. very very good options. I can't. There, it's we. There's actually equals of what prime you want to play in terms of non-team now. Yep. yep. But anyway, next the uh, next sword. 
Nine of Swords also really good. When a character that can use Persistent Strike makes an attack, that attack can't be evaded, and the damage taken from the attack can't be reduced below two instead of one. Um, playing above the TK one. This is such an amazing card. Mm-hmm. So Azerith did note for me that Mastermind does not evade, so this doesn't Correct. do anything against Mastermind. Correct, yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's only good against Super Senses, really, or like... Honestly, like I think the new like grand prize figure apocalypse says it might be the only other one. It does. It might be the only other thing, but it's not legal for worlds, so we don't have to care about it. Uh, But yeah, no, we technically have one character with the kingdom counting ability in modern. With a what? Kingdom Kingdom counting ability. Oh, that's not officially super (laughs) census. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah, it's evade instead of... Amazing. It's, well. yeah, it's just right, you evade. There we who, go. Ha- who has it? It's a good question. Uh, Legacy Wonder Woman. Oh. oh. Not seeing uh, any play, but does exist. For that team. But also, it uh, <laughs> can be reduced below two. Mm-hmm. Um, so this comes in, in, in relevance. This is a card that, if it wasn't for swaps, would be an autoplay on the X-Men team. Um, because... Mimic has very easy access now with Peeper to Precision Strike, and I'm already energy exploding a lot with him. Now I'm including things like Thanos in an energy explosion. Granted, it's not good energy explosion, or hit Thanos for two, but just walking up to a team and just saying, you're taking two. There's nothing you can do to stop this other than I miss. Like, it's this is great. It's an amazing card. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's really easy to build your team in such a way that this doesn't do anything against you. Yep. If you have no reducers and no or, like, one super sense that you don't care about, this literally does nothing against you. Yeah, yep. like the uh, like a scientist-themed team, like except for, like, the Simpsons on Flash, Flash, just doesn't yep. really matter. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so I'd play this on a lot of pick-a-power. Um, there is a lot of super senses around, but, like, you know, if you roll this on the turn where they can pick Precision Strike to deal with your one Flash's Super Senses, they probably could have just outwitted it or something anyway. Like, this whatever. Is, this <laughs> is also another, like, I, I feel like we can just kind of say that every one of these cards is good with Sakari and Iron Man, but this yeah, is I also mean, a good one with Sakari and Iron Man. That's why For I specifically sure. called out Pick a Power at the start, yeah. right? Pick a Power's great with cards. Play like, it. now, <laughs> Iron Man's dealing a minimum of four damage. That's great. Yeah. This, uh, this card... Can make uh, can be really scary for Scarlet Witch. Extremely. Yeah. The other thing about it is that like if you have double target Precision Strike characters, um, oh. you can target two things that have reducers and deal two to each of them as long as you've assigned two. It doesn't increase the damage you're dealing, guys. It prevents it from being reduced. Um, so that's nice. Yeah. yeah because before, like if you had four non-penetrating assigned to two people with reducers, you would have dealt two to one person. You can deal two to two. That's nice. Um, Page of Cups. Characters that can use regeneration can also use it as free. This is kind of a blank. It sure is, because the only relevant character that has regeneration can already do it as free. I mean, yeah. You love a character with regeneration on his dial. A character Uh, that's never getting to that click unless he's... Correct! (laughs) If if your apocalypse is getting to regen, it's dying. Yeah. Eh, Collector, maybe. But then you have to flip this on the one out of five turns that he happens to have been damaged to regen and not died like yeah it's not happening in in my mind it's like you've killed literally everything else but apocalypse this card is not helpful so this is good with this is useful for like specifically franklin richards yeah yes it's very good with that that's really the (laughs) two ways that he can heal yeah exactly very good 
Hopefully he doesn't uh, deal himself more damage than he heals, though. Hopefully. True. But, I mean, you can. it at least allows you to pick powers on turns where you might otherwise not be able to because you're too far down your dial or whatever. And you get three powers, so picking regen as one is... Yeah, or when you're, like, double-tokened. Exactly. Let's you do something. Pick defensive powers as well as regening and hope that you don't uh, take yeah. more damage. Anyway, yeah. it's good. Uh, our, like, fifth Thanos card of the review, when a character uses invulnerability, you reduce damage taken by three instead of two. Uh, this is the only card you're playing from Cups in Thanos. You are playing this in Thanos. Yep. You are not playing yeah. this anywhere this else. This is such... It's one of the biggest turns of you flip this. It's just skip a turn. Yep. Like you can't attack Thanos that turn. Even basically. if you somehow like you find a way of like okay I can finally maybe unless you can kill can't Thanos use him, obviously but yeah but that's a problem no matter what <laughs> yeah this is amazing on Thanos. Yeah, I mean, I really think there's nothing else to say about this, legitimately. <laughs> I, I can't think of another figure that's meta that just has invulnerability. Yeah, exactly. And and cares about being able to reduce with them with it, yeah, right? And, like, and can reduce so much psychic blast around. Yeah, there's... Um, yeah, Queen of Cups, characters take a maximum of two damage from attacks. Okay, so I do want to soapbox about how I've what I've done with this, which is I've put this on a lot of things. It's probably not actually good on all of the things I've put this on in the sample decks. Um, I think it's legitimately very good on X-Men. Yep. Uh, I, I can confirm this isn't a very good card for X-Men. Yeah. Other than that, I think it's still good on a bunch of other stuff. But is it better on X-Men than it is on a bunch of other stuff? And how much X-Men is going to be So worlds? It's, it's hard to say. This card, if you're main, if you're completely fine, just energy exploding for a turn, then this is a good card. Correct. Like or just or you have multi-targeting, dealing two to multiple things. Yeah. If you if you can stuff. comfortably do both of those things as your only attacks for a turn, and then maybe spend the rest of the turn like, you know, setting up or letting an attacker rest that you normally would attack with, then that's fine. And yep. then you have a full turn of you're only taking two as well. Yeah, so all of the, like, pick power variants, it's totally fine on, I think. Like, except, you know, if you're playing... This sorry, is the maximum two damage card, right? Yes. Yeah. Except when this comes up on your alpha strike turn. Yeah, yeah so you shouldn't I, be playing this if you're playing... If you are not... Again, if you are cannot comfortably alpha strike with energy explosion, do not play this card. Yeah. Yeah, so I do think that this requires more testing to be sure exactly where it's good. I think it's fine on, like, Avengers with Sicarian Hope and Scarlet Witch. Like, you can dual target with Scarlet Witch, you can energy explode with the other two. I think you're happy, but maybe you're not. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, it's hard fair. to say. But I think you're okay. Uh, you should at least consider it. This is a very, very good card. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely very good. The question is what it's absolutely you, best This on. is This is a card that you have to look at literally everything you are playing and decide if this is a playable card for you. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so I guess the one important thing to note for this card is what you shouldn't play it with. Uh, if you're playing a bunch of Flashes, don't play this. If you're playing a bunch of Pogs, don't play this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If you're playing Scientists, don't play this. Right, exactly. Scientists or Legacy Apocalypse are the two, yeah. like, big things that you really should not play this on. <laughs> yeah, if you're, playing, if you're playing Collector, you probably don't want to play this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, any anything that you're increasing your damage on, yeah. Yeah, great. But like the biggest thing is a bunch of two click characters or one click characters. Why why are you considering playing this on those teams? Right. Okay. Uh, 
even if you can energy explosion comfortably, it's not doing anything for you. <laughs> All right, Ace of Cups. When a character uses super senses, increase, increase the result of the roll by plus one. Um, if you have a ton of super senses. Yeah, it's a very basic, very strong card that I, I would say only play this if you have a lot of senses accompanied by a lot of outwit. Because you want to get rid of your say, opponent's senses. I, I don't care how much super senses I'm playing. I'm probably not playing this card. Because I know my opponent is going to roll their senses better than me. Yeah, I mean, if you have like I'm five senses here. or something, I, I would yeah. still play it. But uh, the average opponent does have at least like one super senses character. So it is doing something for your opponent most of the time. Yeah, that's fair. Unless I've watched too much anime roll... to give my opponent one more chance to do something. And I'm, and I'm going to roll a three. sound right to me. And not succeed, and they're going to roll a four and succeed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not unlikely. All right. Um, You're going to flip that cup, that card, and then they're going to flip the uh, President Strike one. <laughs> Absolutely. Or you're going to flip that card, and then they're going to flip the um, plus one to all 1d6 rolls. And just, yep. Like, yep. Not no. you at all. I've had that happen <laughs> in a game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, the level of analysis I haven't done is, like, how do these cards combine with your if your opponent flips them? And I think it mostly doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I think almost all the time it's pretty irrelevant. Because... There are very few instances of two cards just combining into a major defense. I it think can't the happen. Only time, the only time it will matter is if in the future they create a character that lets you have two active tarot cards. Oof. <laughs> that's true. I'll go back and do the analysis Please, if no. that's the case. <laughs> oh, and then you also play tarot, so you get to look at four cards and choose two of them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that card doesn't exist. <laughs> Good. Thankfully, that character is not a thing. All right. Uh, five of Cups. When a character uses ESD, modify their defense plus two instead of plus three. You're playing it with chip and nowhere else. That's exactly what I was going to say. Just if you're. So this card is not that good now. This card is about to get, or not about to, it's going to get a whole lot better after Batman team up when every Lantern has a, has a uh, mint. Yep. So mm-hmm. hold on to this card. Don't play it now. Play it in the future. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice things about Batman team up is if we get a character with Green Lantern team ability, you can actually, which, you know, we can assume we're going to, uh, you can actually play Green Lantern team ability and Flash on collector teams which is one of my biggest problems with Collector right now, is that yeah. I keep being like, how am I carrying things? I want to do it with Green Lantern Team Ability Flash, but I can't. <laughs> yep. yeah, Without losing my damage bonus. But I mean, you know, Isaac won Nationals with Chip. So obviously it's a very, very good character. So. It's a great character. Yeah. You should, you should cons- and if you are playing Chip, you should absolutely play this because it's not benefiting your opponent at all. <laughs> there are very, energy ESD is a power that comes up less often than you think. You most likely only see it on Venom Magnetos right now. Yeah. Well, that's because it's a very sheer disrespect towards uh, ignoring High Evo in my podcast. My house. (laughs) (laughs) Who? You mean that guy with a 17 defense with ESD? Unlike Venom Magneto, who has a great defense. Of yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, six of Cups. When a character uses Barrier, the markers don't need to be adjacent to each other. This is mostly really bad. Um, so yeah. this is largely a blank, which means you just kind of get to play it. Where I think this is useful is if you're playing a really high theme team with Molecule Man, and, and you get to go to Negative yeah. Zone. Yeah, I was going to say, Negative Zone is the only time this ever really matters. Um, um, and 
I mean, I haven't there's looked a couple, at the other maps. So there's a couple of new maps, like Morlock Tunnels. I was wondering about that one. I just hadn't looked at it in enough detail. Yeah, it's really... It, like, if you can do that with Mall Command plus Mad Gym, because Mad Gym's free right, barrier yeah, yeah. will let you split them. But that's not... I mean, it can be themed. It can be cosmic. There's just not great cosmic themed teams. It can be Liberia. That might work. Yeah. It's, um, it can be Thanos. Sure. But you're not a high <laughs> yeah, he can, team. He can split his one free barrier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, so two things to keep in mind with this. Moleko Man isn't... His trait isn't barrier. Uh, that said, no. you can already kind of split it. Yeah, you, so, you can already do this. Like, like You, could you know who this is really good with? And the it's, cosmic it's, barrier is good. Uh, this would be really good in silver with green with orange Proteus. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So the other reason that this is great with Molecule Man is that he doesn't care about it <laughs> because yeah. he can remove their perfectly placed barrier or whatever. Yep. So that's it. Makes it even to... better because now you just guaranteed have a way through that they box exactly. Up. You get to place your perfectly placed barrier that yep. if they don't have a molecule man, they can't remove. And then even if they have barrier, if it's not molecule man, you get to remove it. So yep. that's awesome. This is largely a blank. If you're playing molecule man, this seems fine to just stick on your team. Uh, if you have nothing else in cups, if you, you, if you have nothing, molecule man is such a high played character that like if you have literally no other cups you want to play, then go ahead. But like, yeah. There's probably, yeah, I mean, it's not the most powerful cups, and there are probably no. other, uh, like, I might play this on scientists, because I don't see any other cups that I really want to play on scientists. Yeah. And it's... But that's about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, seven of cups. When a character uses Mastermind, they may choose a friendly character within six squares instead of adjacent. So the weird thing about this card is that a lot of the figures with Mastermind already do this. <laughs> or some yeah. variant. So, so this is okay. good for Blackheart. True. Yeah, because and the way the way to really deal with Blackheart is to shut off all adjacency squares to him, so that when he yeah. spawns the guard, he then won't be able to mastermind. So this lets him kind of get out of that. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. true. Yeah, there's no other good characters that have mastermind right now. That was it. No, that, that I, I, I maybe Jay is obviously like, being sarcastic and talking about hope. Obviously, for playing like, hope, this is the light maybe. I was I was gonna say that like I could consider playing this on X Men, but like, what of my masterminders already do this? And not everything's about X Men, Jackson. It is to me. <laughs> it is when you're playing X Men. <laughs> I mean, it's always useful to get the perspective of people yeah, no, playing a lot of the team no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, if you're playing Hope and you have no other good card, sure. Um, Hope, you know, what this also would be good for this is good for Master Mold. Because, like, the problem sure. with Master Mold is, one, he's just such a big base that you can generally get a multi-target off on him, like an energy explosion. Yeah. Now yeah. he can kind of Master Mold, he can Mastermind away from him. So the problem with this on Master Mold is that it's one out of five turns. Oh, yeah. Which it's, is it's, less it's... likely to be relevant for Master Mold <laughs> than it is for, like, Blackheart, who survives for longer into the game. Yeah, yeah, because he's dead on turn two. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it is think, true that it is. I think this card could definitely help Blackheart. Blackheart have a pretty yep. good comeback. And Black, there are a couple of other cards that are good for Blackheart. Like, we talked about High Priestess without mentioning Blackheart, but making it more likely for him to hit his leadership is pretty big. Oh, yeah, so for sure. That's the Blackheart is the other place you might play that. Yeah, and, um, and as we've said, he's, he lost a lot of consistency with the loss of Doom's, ca exactly. uh, Doom's Castle. Yeah, and the problem is that you want to play him on Mystical or Monster the theme, which means you can't put 
Hellfire Club Guard on your main force. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, Caro helps make up for a lot of his lack of consistency with just giving him more survivability. Because if he lives long enough, he's going to get his guards off, and he's going to do a lot. Yep. All right. Uh, Page of Wands, first time each turn out, which is used, they choose two powers instead of one. Um, this is good if you are running somebody who has power cosmic and outwit or mostly <laughs> like most things only on your play this cosmic. if your entire team is cosmic energy pretty much <laughs> there is no other situation where this is not just as good if not better for your opponent because they just if you don't out it there for some reason they just do it right back to you yeah i mean so or you're as long as as long as you don't have a ton of defensive powers that can be outwitted it can be fine as long as you have a cosmic energy outwit, because you can outwit two offensive powers from them and yeah. not get outwitted back, but it's still a little risky. It's it's such a risky card. You're not wrong. It's great. It feels great to outwit Sakari and Iron Man's special damage power and charge or something, but uh, yeah. you have you have some amount of risk of it being you're used not on playing. you. You're not playing it unless you're literally playing a cosmic theme team. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. All right, uh, Knight of Wands. When a character uses leadership, increase the result of the roll by plus one. Uh, hey. This one's pretty good, Blackheart. especially great with Azeroth's entire team plus Blackheart. <laughs> yep. Uh, Apocalypse, too? Uh, no, Blackheart. Yeah, Apocalypse, Master Mold, Blackheart. Anybody who, I mean, Emperor Gladiator, uh, you know, the Doom that makes Doom bots, whatever. There's a bunch of stuff that has additional effects to their leadership that you really want to hit leadership on. Great on any of those. Should you focus Wonder Woman? Yeah. You shouldn't play this anywhere else, basically. No. <laughs> this is not a good blank, because it helps your opponent. Giving your opponent uh, free pogs with Apocalypse sounds very bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody play this card. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, there is nothing wrong with playing this card. Everyone should just play this. It's a blank. Even if you have no leadership on your team, put this yep, on your team. Put it on there. <laughs> Everyone play this card and no one lend Azeroth and Apocalypse. <laughs> All right. Tough, tough luck, sucker. <laughs> Queen of Wands. When a character rolls for an effect using a single T6, increase the result of the roll plus one. So there's a bunch of actually like useful stuff to say about this one. The this funniest thing about card. this one is that just, this is also the previous card. Just better than Nine of, Nine of Wands? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, it does everything but it yeah. literally is just better than the last one i do but just want is far this less is... scary than than the knight of wands i yeah. mean yeah it i just absolutely love that knight yeah. of wands is a subset of queen of wands it's very yeah. funny to me anyway uh this is like ridiculous do you know how many <laughs> rules this does yeah a lot. <laughs> like, wait, shape change super senses leadership blades uh i misread this when i first random saw it single d6 i thought it was like the high priestess where like the first roll is... right it's all d6 rolls yeah this is <laughs> probably turn. the most powerful tarot card to just like have it play yeah or if not one of them like it's this also lets thanos have four gems yeah that is something <laughs> yeah. that can happen I don't know that it'll matter even when it does, but it is funny. It's I very... mean, just getting to pick power in addition to the three generally yeah. good ones is yeah. good. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> picking, like, mind, space, time, and power is amazing. Yeah. Granted, you have to roll yep. at six, but... Yeah, but it, it can, can happen. happen. Uh, um, yeah, and it makes it... Faust roll. Yes. <laughs> Faust, uh... What was it? It's very bad for Unus. Yep. It's actively yep. a negative for Unus. <laughs> 
just playing Unis is kind of a negative, to be honest. Well, sure, but if you are playing Unis, you definitely shouldn't run this. Um, it's great with Miles Miles West because your entire team has shape change. Yep. Um, if if you have enough density of leadership shape change super senses blades, it might just be playable. It is really good for your opponent too, on average. So it's maybe an issue, but uh, it's it's very powerful. <laughs> it's, yeah. Unless, barring obviously terrible luck, this is a make or break card that, like, if you just have a turn with this and let loose, you can go crazy. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of need outwit to get rid of opposing super senses because it's not, like, on your turn or anything. It's just all the time. As long as this card's up, increase the six yep. roll by one, by plus one. Crazy. What a card. All right, the next card is really interesting um, as well. So the I think this series of two cards is like by far the most powerful series of two cards in the entire thing. We get the Queen of Wands immediately into the King of Wands. When a character damages an opposing character with an attack after resolutions, remove an action token from them. So this is like the King of Swords, but like ridiculously better. Why did they? I, I don't know. <laughs> so this sword, this it's not sword. This this card. Um, if you flip it on the right turn, is just such a game changer. Yeah. This can, like, your entire team that has, like, flurry or just anything is now just zero tokens. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's such a boost in tempo. Yeah, it's such a swing for sure. If, the problem with it, though, is obviously you don't know when you're getting it. Like, if you could guarantee this yeah. card turn four, then it'd probably be, like, the best card, period. But like we've mentioned before, if you hit this card on a turn where you're doubled up and your opponent isn't, it's really bad. Yep. The, yeah. The pro- So the thing about, like, if you're not doubled up and your opponent's not doubled up, you still at least get the tempo swing first. Yeah. So that's nice. <laughs> if you're doubled up and your opponent isn't, this is awful. So this... the two things that I have written here is uh, that it's really like, if you're playing Tarot the figure, this card's really good, because the turns where this is good, like Jackson just said, this is really, really good. And the turns where it's not, you choose the other card. I've had turns where I've zero-tokened my entire team. Yeah. Just everyone does so that takes a Now, this card is almost broken with Mad Jim, because it's just free action, give someone a lasso, and take a token off. Uh, damages an opposing character with attack. It does oh, okay, my bad. Unless your opponent has the deal uh, damage within cap one. Yeah, if they point, I guess it is. pull that card. Sure. <laughs> um, the two figures that this is really good with are, like we've mentioned earlier, Venom Wolverine and Iceman. This is amazing with Venom Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you're double tokened. Uh, you take a token off and then you attack for with a costed action as well. Like, this is really good. Yeah. Um, so I might just play it on those. Uh it can't be used by Thanos, basically, because he, his mind controls don't deal damage, so it doesn't remove an action token from him. But his attacks with your characters that he mind controlled do, so you do. Yep. <laughs> so this is awful if you're mind controlling. Um, the one I'm least sure about is, is this good if you have, like, just a character that's really important to not be double tokened? Like, maybe, like, Vision Prime or something is important enough, but even there, like, the bad turns are really bad. <laughs> so. If you can really take a hit, then maybe. Yeah. I, I really like this card, especially, too, for uh, Legacy of Magneto. 
Just anyone with a free sure. attack. Is yeah, just anyone with a free attack, it's great. Yeah, I'm sure we're forgetting specific people with free attacks, but just if you have people with free attacks, this is great. Yeah. Um, okay. This next one... Attacks. Yeah. This next one is one of the most interesting cards in the game to me. The Two of Wands. Hit characters have Battle Fury until your next turn, even if this card is not in play. Um, so... If you have like energy explosion on your turn on your team, you get to use this first. So you can just say your opponent doesn't get to make ranged attacks next turn. If yeah. you get this on an alpha, it's almost game in certain scenarios. So it really is. <laughs> this this is the card that I was mentioning earlier about being my potential sixth card. Yeah. Because this card does enough that it could warrant being the sixth spot. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so the re so there are a few reasons not to play this. Um, if you have a bunch of shape change, obviously you don't want to play this card. <laughs> if you... Uh... So, the problem with this card is if you're unthemed and you go second and draw it on your first turn, it's, like, awful for you, right? <laughs> assuming uh, somebody... Yeah, assuming you attacks. have mainly range attacks, yes. Yeah. If you're somebody with mainly melee attacks, this is just generally pretty good. Um, Great, yeah. yeah. Somebody who is themed, I think it's just generally pretty good. If you're somebody who can energy explosion or pulse wave the entire team, I think it's just generally pretty good. So yep. those are this my is... positions on it, but it's certainly possibly risky. <laughs> yeah, this for is sure. This is one of the cards that I'm having one of the most the biggest problem of deciding like what wants card do I want to play? Yeah. Do I want to play like this or King? And I'm kind of considering like what as is saying, just making this my sixth card. Yeah, it's definitely possible. This it's, is another it's not necessarily correct, but it's something that I'm testing around with. Yeah. Yeah. This is another card where if you're playing Tarot the figure, the turns where this is good, it's really, really good. So maybe you just play it and flip it up when it's on, only when it's good. Yeah, so, I mean, this will require some testing. Definitely both of you let me know if you've tested with it and run into more situations where it was bad for you than you expected. <laughs> I actually haven't flipped this one over yet. I had it yeah. in my deck a few games, but haven't gotten to it. Yeah, but I, I my theory, and I this is in a couple of my sample decks, is that basically any pick-a-power team, definitely anything that's pick-a-power and themed, I think can use this reasonably well. Yeah, and even if, like, let's say... For me, with uh, X-Men, if I'm alpha with Jubilee, who has Shape Change, and I hit this card, um, you just basically have to guarantee... Choose your targets differently. What, yeah, choose your targets differently. Like, for example, if they have a Thanos, this card's great, but if they have, like, Flashes and you're risking a Super Senses to get rid of your super, uh, Shape Change, it's really not that great. You just well, it's only hit there. characters that have Battle Fury, so if they Super Sense out of it, they don't get Battle Fury. God, I need to read cards. I'm <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, definitely for Jubilee, you just shoot the characters that are range attackers. You don't shoot the melee attackers. That or that are going to die. Or that are going to die, yeah. You don't shoot the ones that aren't going to die and are melee yeah. attackers. Cool, done. Yeah. Because like the other, okay, the really interesting potential scenario, which I think doesn't exist but could with this card, is you pulse wave your own team to give them battle fury <laughs> to get through your opponent's shape change. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, or Probably like happen. you energy explosion, your own, you put your figures with like impervious into the energy explosion, don't take the damage, give them Battle Fury. Exactly. Yeah, like that <laughs> is something that you could actually plan actually, for. Actually, so here, here's the really, you want to hear the really hilarious one? 
you mm-hmm. mind control somebody, give them battle fury, and then they punch somebody with shape change. Ooh, that's really useful, actually. Great call. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that again. Getting battle fury doesn't turn off the mind control. Because mind nope. control is not a duration. So yeah. this is a pretty good card for Thanos. Not no. really. No. Like no. You getting, <laughs> you getting battle fury yeah. is so bad. Uh, might be maybe scarab though. Because if your Scarab's getting hit, it dies. So, eh. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, that one's a really interesting one. Uh, I'm less sure about it than I am about some of the others, but I think it's generally pretty good. It has a lot of really interesting use cases. Four of Wands. When a character that can use Exploit Weakness makes a close attack after resolutions, deal one penetrating damage to each opposing character adjacent to a hit target. So, there's a few things about this card. Um, one is that even if your opponent has Exploit, you're allowed to split up. You go first when this card gets flipped up. So you can just not be next to each other. <laughs> and then it yeah. doesn't do anything. Um, if you're playing a team that might use this, your opponent might just split up. But hopefully there are enough like formation-specific teams that that's actively bad for them if they do it. Um, I think this is really good for X-Men. <laughs> so it is... The biggest problem with this is that it's in contention with just two other really good wants card. There's a figure that cards. I think that this card is potentially just one turn game ending on is Sky, Sky Tyrant. Tyrant. Yeah, who are like already kind of does that. But now it's so if I'm reading this right, these exploits make an attack. They deal one penetration each. It's a hit target yeah. if you're thinking that it's all. OK, so it's not multi-target. All right. No. So you just get to pick one, but it's still a lot of damage. It's to everyone. still a lot of still damage doing to everyone. it twice. Yep. It's still you're just doing it twice. You get to pick any of your hit targets. So. Yeah, any but it's card not that is quite, actually maximum carnage trait as a card is great. It's not quite the silliness that uh, was my silver team of giving energy explosion to Phoenix Sentinel, who doesn't say a hit character. He says hit characters, so he repeats it for every hit character. Uh, that was silly. <laughs> I mean, is, if you, if you play this card with Doppelganger using the alchemical fire, you can deal three penetrating splash damage. Mm-hmm. The other thing is uh, Mimic. Yep, Blurry he's exploit. definitely... Except- uh, Doppelganger doesn't have exploit weakness. Yeah, she give it to him somehow. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is yeah, obviously good on mimic. So yeah, so this card for me is the best argument for playing like either mimic or Ven- venom wolverine with double maggot on X Men right now. Mm-hmm. It's because the, with the turns that you flip this card, you just destroy an entire enemy I team. Think, yeah, venom wolverine is such a good example because you're attacking every single turn. Like you, you will use this same card. with maggot, right? Like, yeah, you're bringing out. You have two possible options for pogs. So when you haven't flipped this card, you can just use the poison one, and then when you flip it, you can use the exploit one. I think the variation of X Men that plays Venom Wolverine and a lot of maggots is definitely playing this one. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, yeah, the other thing that it might be interesting on is like full pick a power with like Franklin Richards and Hope in some way. If that's a team, I don't know. That can, like, Sicarian can't pick exploit, so it doesn't do anything for him. But Franklin can, and Hope then can then copy, so maybe. Um, I think X-Men and Monster are the two things that you're definitely playing this on, if you're playing the version of X-Men that plays it well. Yeah. All right. Um, Nine of Wands. So this is this one's funny because it actually has a lot of overlap in teams that it's good with with four of wands. So this is when a character uses empower also modify the attacker's attack plus one. I think this is just also good on that same X-Men team and monster team. Yep. Yeah. Because monster can run and should 
Not enough people are running this figure, Moloid. Moloid is so good. It's 10 points. Sidestep brings you Underworld, TA, and Empower. Yep. This is, uh, and everyone can carry him because he's tiny. Yeah, so This exactly. was definitely a card that I was considering on my updated monster team that was running two Moloids that could get them all the way across the map for my mm-hmm. Alpha. Mm-hmm. Because nice. the Sky Tyrant being a 13 or 14 for 5, and then Venom Wolverine being a, a 14 for 5. And then a Magneto can free TK. They can side stuff up, carrying each other, get carried, you know, yep. all that kind of stuff. Lots of lots of good stuff to do. Uh, I mean, Venom Wolverine can carry both because she can copy Underworld from them and is more points. Mm-hmm. There's lots yeah. of stuff you can do to get your Moloids in position. Uh, also, I think it's pretty good for X-Men because you uh, can so... play Keeper and you can play Hope. And then you have two Empowers and everything gets plus two. And one of the main problems, this is the Maggot variation. One of the main problems uh, with playing Maggot is how do you get his... Pogs yeah. to actually be able to deal to hit. So this is, this is really good in X-Men, yeah, like you said, with Peeper, like Mimic carrying Peeper, then Mimic also having Empower, and then Hope copying sure. Empower, you now have a triple one, so you now you're plus yep. three attack and damage. Yeah, for exactly. Pogs. You can make, yeah, you know, Mimic, Mimic, double Maggot, suddenly you have four attacks, assuming he's flurrying, that are plus two attack, plus two damage. Yep. Assuming you can get your positioning correct for it. It's a That's very, very good. Very good. So I think, so Four of Wands is obviously really good, but I think that Nine of Wands is also good enough that it's fine to just play both on that team, on both of these teams. Wands is such an infuriating card suit, because there's so many cards I want to play from it. Yeah, the funny, it's like the opposite of Swords, where there's just nothing anybody wants to play except the... Yeah, there are so many good precision ones. Precision on, on some teams, and uh, TK on Magneto teams. Yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, Ten of Wands... This is the last card. The first time each turn perplex is used, chosen combat value is modified plus two minus two instead of plus one minus one. I have no idea how you ever play this. This card Anybody is terrible. An idea? So it's very good, obviously. Already. The problem is everyone's playing perplex. Yeah, it's too much perplex. I mean, it also yeah, it also just kind of negates itself because it's like okay, I double flex at my defense. Oh, my opponent now double flexes up her attack or double flexes <laughs> down my defense. This card is super useless. If it yeah, was, so you get to use it first. Two stats, so like, then sure. But sure. you get to use it first, so like it's technically slightly better for you, but it's it's on average going to be just as good for it's your It's only opponent. better for you it. if you you only use it on attack, like an attacker range. Yep. But the card has dupe on it, or so minus I'm on defense, it, which is so. the same thing. <laughs> Yay, dupe the modern. Woo. There's there's already a legal modern legal. Dupe. No, he got retired. He's Duke Pool. This is a 2019 con. Duke I don't pool. count Duke. I don't count Duke Pool. Oh, Duke Pool. Oh no, Duke terrible. Nobody cares. That's not what you were saying during that sap review, Jay. I was wrong then. I'm sorry. I wasn't here when that happened. You said Duke Pool was good. He said it for like two oh, seconds and then re- and then read the point value and went, oh wait, never mind. This is way too expensive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he thought the effect was interesting, which it is. The problem is that. Uh, he's really, really expensive. But yeah, it's yeah. funny. We went from we went from a, a meta that had like no perplex to everybody has perplex. Yeah, yeah. Like most teams have like five now. Uh, yeah, so... Five's a little excessive, but yeah, there's all Scar and Iron Man teams have at least one. The ones that have Scarlet Usually Witch have two. two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ones that are playing Jim have another Collector Jim. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's so many incidentally good figures, Deadpool, which a lot of teams are doing. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, exactly. Hope can copy it, etc., etc., etc. All right. Uh. So that's all the cards. Um. 
want to talk about a few specific decks? Then we'll uh, go over. Sure. Oh, there are some questions, so oh, yeah, we'll do those as well. Do we want to do questions first or a few specific decks first? Actually, I'm finding the questions, so talk okay, about your deck. I can do it. So the, the deck that I'm I'm putting together for my unthemed apocalypse theme, um, I'm running the Fool. Uh, and I'm actually, this is a scenario where I'm testing around um, with the Cloak, but the Cloak isn't super important to my team strategy. So I'm going, I'm using the Fool with the Cloak. Um. Then I am using for pentacles, uh, whatever that I don't remember the numbers for all of them, uh, but it's the knockback one because sure. most of my team um, either will die if they get knocked back um, or they're big characters and can't be knocked back. Right. Um, the I'm using the nine of swords because uh, death has precision strike. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. Uh, and also, it does, and as I learned from you, it does not interface with Mastermind. <laughs> right. um, yep. Also, uh, my team sideline runs uh, Legacy Cyclops, who also has Persistent Strike. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good to have. Uh, then for uh, whatever the defense one is, uh, Cups, I think. Cups is um, yeah. Is Regen is free. Um, because mostly useless, it technically exists on Correct. Apocalypse, so you can yeah, use it. Use it. <laughs> and uh, and then Knight of Wands for the plus one leadership because leadership is very important. Absolutely, my that's the correct choice for you. And you yeah. don't have many other single D six rolls, so no. you really don't care about. You really don't want Queen of Wands. Yeah, and then I learned. So I learned when I was building this deck one that two cards in my deck are actually like important, quote unquote. Uh, the fool is just is really good for defense. Oh yeah. Um, where and then Knight of Wands is really good no matter when I see it. Um, Fair. Specifically though, I am fine with any of my cards showing up on any of my turns. That is nice. Um, the turn one Knight of Wands is the best, obviously. Um, yeah. But I'm fine with if because I'm unthemed, going second and pulling full on my turn one mm-hmm. is really good. For sure. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't. I can't uh, argue with literally any of your choices. They all seem great. <laughs> I'm considering going to a sixth card for testing, as I said, which is the Battle Fury one. Um, yeah, because if your pods because... get hit, they die. You don't care if anybody else gets hit to and given Battle Fury. Yeah, and if somebody goes and has Battle Fury and hits Apocalypse, I just mastermind something else. Yep. All sounds good, like a good plan to me. Yeah, I mean, the question is whether uh, reducing your chance of flipping. Knight of Wands is yeah. bad enough, which I think I probably would lean away from it because of that. But yep, I'm that's kind of what sure. my thoughts as well. But we'll test it out. Cool. Jackson? Uh, yeah. So for X-Men right now, um, I'm playing uh, for my Major Arcana. I'm still running Strength for now. Um, I have found it to be more useful for me than against me due to the sheer number of attacks X-Men can make on its alpha anywhere between 2 to 3 on its alpha to uh, 5 to 7 on a main turn depending on uh, setup. So it's yep. definitely come up a lot of times um, especially for like an energy explosion uh, it's very I mean, crit energy explosions are busted. <laughs> yep. Very very good and I've had it happen on multiple occasions. It's a very nice card. Um, for my cups I'm running the Queen of Cups uh, which is take a maximum of two damage from attacks. 
Um, it's a very good card. Pretty much 99% of the time, I am completely fine getting this card as my uh, alpha card because I can split the damage that Jubilee does and then just energy explosion with Mimic. Or if they have a team that that's not really as effective, I can safely just you know regroup and set up for the next turn. And I'm also only taking two, so it's pretty good. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I like uh, for, for that team for sure. Yeah, I want to I want to make one clarification for people that I should have brought up when we were talking about the card itself, because um, people might ask. Um, the Queen of Cups specifically says characters take a maximum of two damage. So remember that that is after reducers. Yeah. So um, for Pentacles, I'm running seven of Pentacles, which is uh, characters can't use improvement abilities and characters that can use plasticity have free move at half speed. Uh, this is really good for my team, uh, specifically because I give the cloak to uh, Chase Apocalypse. So he gets a sidestep free move running shot. Uh, Venom Magneto has a free carry, um, my whole team. And then now Mimic has an extra six squares. He can move into position for a charge flurry or a uh, running shot energy explosion. Um, and I'm pretty much never tied down with it. Uh, I've also run into situations where I'll have Jubilee on my alpha running shot onto, like, elevation three. And then I flip this card, and now you just have no realistic way of close attacking her. Um, which is really, really good. I've had that happen with Mimic as well. Um, there are certain situations uh, where this may limit my speed one or two squares uh, for characters that don't have plasticity. But for the most part, that's completely fine. Um, yeah, one of the things about it is that... Uh... Venom Magneto has plasticity, so yeah. carrying with for free for another and passenger four. four. Five, yep, exactly. And, yeah, exactly. And if there is ever a situation in which the elevation does mess with me, I can just free move Magneto and free TK. Like it's, mm -hmm. I almost always have a way around it, and it definitely hurts my opponent. It gives me a lot of movement. Yeah, I, I absolutely like it on uh, on X Men yeah. in general. There's it's just true. so much plasticity on the team. For uh, for swords, um, I'm just running Knight of Swords. Uh, it's again, I just take a token off of Venom Magneto every time he does it. And there actually are a few situations where I'll TK with uh, Hope Summers as well. So just, having, just not her, having a token the next turn yeah, is nice. Just <laughs> having her being able to charge Flurry next turn or running shot energy explosion or whatever she wants to do, it's great. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a pretty good reset tool. Um, it's just always an option to have there. It's never not good for me. So, yeah, it's always great. Especially um, there are situations where. I can have double or triple enhancement. So if everyone's double tokened, I can like free TK Venom Mags and all of a sudden he's shooting for five. So it can uh, can definitely help a lot of the times. Uh, then lastly for wands, uh, I'm currently trying out King of Wands, which is when a character damages an opposing character with an attack after resolutions remove an action token from them. Um, so while this is giving my opponent a very big uh, buff, I find this works very well for me. For one, I have a good amount of rollouts and damage reducers on both of my main attackers, being Jubilee and Mimic. Uh, and worst case scenario, if this does give my opponent enough tempo to make, say, KO a figure, I can always revive them. Uh, while this also allows me to just fully clear my Mimic with a flurry or have my Jubilee probably hit her willpower, then hit again. Same thing with Hope. This just... It gives my opponent tempo, but it gives me a bigger tempo control that allows me to just keep on going no matter what. 
And I find that that is just so helpful with X-Men. Yeah, I think I might consider just exploit instead, but that's True. certainly interesting. Yeah, between this and Two of Wands are what I've been testing a lot, and they've both had good results. Uh, but this one definitely helps on terms where I miss my leaderships. Cool. Yeah, I um, I agree with that with those choices for the most part. I think uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, the I mean, there's lots of options, so hard to say. Uh, exactly what ends up being the best for wands specifically like you said there's a lot of good wands ones and not great on anything else i think yeah. you're absolutely correct about the rest of your deck except i mean you're you're already on the edge of strength so you know who knows I, like making a lot of attacks is a symmetry break on it so yeah it's my biggest my biggest problem is like i want to run like devil or fool but um and devil is probably what i'm going to test going forward uh but fool is not great because i have cloak and a sword on my team so yeah i wrote fool into one of my x-men swaps for my sample deck um mostly because it was before everything from x of swords was revealed and i wasn't really thinking about which swords were good (laughs) uh i think it's probably wrong but if you're not if you for some reason aren't relying on a sword very much then play it it's it's not even the sword as much as for you chase a with the cloak just feels so good absolutely that figure is just surprisingly good in general. Especially on a map with three levels of elevation. It's mm-hmm. very nice. All right. Now we have some questions this episode. Um, I mean, I also had a tarot deck, but that's fine. Sure. You didn't mention it earlier. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, if I'm pl- I mean, I'm basically just looking at playing different Hope Summers teams. So uh, basically the Fool on all of them. And then seven of cups for mastermind, and then probably three blanks, or like maybe the leadership one, because like I like when leadership works. Yeah, but, I still wouldn't uh, play leadership if you're not playing apocalypse or blackheart. No. It depends on the volume of the. Yeah, players. pretty much. So I, I'm the kind of player where I'm gonna play like one or two good cards and then three blanks. Yeah, and that's, then that's kind that's of where a, I'm at right now. That seems to be uh, so where Jackson kind of defers. Diverts his theories from us is it looks like me, Devin, and Jay are very much a play more net neutral cards. Um, where Jackson was looking for more like high impact cards. Yeah, I'm a bit more open to having them used against me because I feel like I can deal with that. Um, but it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, uh, I certainly. Sorry. No, there's definitely a merit in. Uh, running just like like you said, just net neutral cards. I certainly don't believe it's never correct to run a card that is good for your opponent to some degree. Okay. It just has to be better on average for you. Um, so I certainly can see strength being good on teams that make a lot of attacks. I just haven't had a chance to test it out, and it makes me nervous. <laughs> Play, playing another car, a card that can be better for my opponent than me seems like adding more variance and i already hate variance is. so yeah i mean if you're going to add more variance, variance then so. definitely uh i mean variance if you're a person who's likely to throw your tarot card deck across the room i hate tarot cards well that so that swings into our first uh question uh from michael mcgreesh considering their extreme power for no cost whatsoever would you be in favor of banning tarot I sure. Your answer, Jay. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, because why doesn't it cost anything? 
Yeah, yeah I do agree that it's stupid. Cost, they probably should have cost five points to put a tarot deck together. So I would I say agree. either five points to play it or just one point per card. Okay, well, so I disagree on that. This is what I was about to say. I agree that it should cost points to play a tarot deck. I don't think it should cost points per card because you're already incentivized to play a smaller deck. Yeah. So punishing you yeah. for playing a larger deck mix in terms of cost makes absolutely no sense. I can totally see them doing it. And what if I just I've seen a bunch of people objects. saying stuff like that, and I think it's like a, it would be a very bad way to cost it. <laughs> what I what I would what I would say I can see two things. One, just have it be like five points. You could play a tarot deck or five points and it takes up one of your special object spots sure sure something yeah i mean i i do i mean everybody who listens to this podcast has heard my rant on free stuff uh, <laughs> i don't like i do not like things that cost no points um yeah they zero are point un, game they're inherently fairly unbalanced. unbalanced so I don't like tarot cards for that reason. I think they should have cost five points to put a deck on. I actually think they still would have been reasonably strong. Yes. For five points. Um, and probably play still played on mm, over 90% of teams. Yeah. I mean, I think they're like, for example, my team for the silver event last weekend definitely would not have played a tarot deck if it cost points. Because <laughs> yeah. the only useful card for me was sidestep card which is one out of five turns. But I think most modern teams would still be happy with it. Thanos would absolutely still play a tarot deck. Yeah. You know? like, yep. That's another five points that you can't score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't get why you would add a zero point staple to your like game. It just doesn't make sense to me. No. Doesn't to me either. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, well, that's, especially that's when the there's no reasonable alternative, right? Yeah. Like, there's literally no reason not It's not to. like it rules out... It's not even like... Instead doesn't cost any slots yeah. there's no yeah. reason to it's not like there's a, a dc tarot deck yeah yeah um now, so i guess the answer to the question is would we ban it probably yeah i don't like effects that one are free two drastically change the game and three potentially make the game go longer so yeah. the only saving grace the tarot's balancing of it being a zero point game element is it affects both players Yep. Correct. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's played a lot of magic can tell you that symmetrical effects are not symmetrical. <laughs> that is true. If you are uh, playing it, you are playing it for a reason and your opponent isn't. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's a card in magic called balance, which is just in Never on its that. face. <laughs> right. Exactly. On its face, it's supposed to be set everybody back to the same board state. You have the same number of creatures, you have the same number of lands, you have the same number of cards in your hand, but if you're playing that card, it's because it... Oh, I have all these leave the battlefield effects. Right, exactly. All that kind of stuff. Anyway, so, you know, they are symmetrical. They will usually not end up being symmetrical if you're playing them correctly. Um, all right, next question. Uh, Joe Pangrosio, best card art. Uh, I really like Two of Wands. I'm a huge Emma Frost fan. I also like any card with magic on it. All of those just ended yeah. up being awesome. The, the Steel Energy card and the Page of Cups, I think, are my two favorites. Which, what's the art on Page of Cups? The, I think, isn't that magic with the staff? You might be right. Yeah, uh, yeah that sounds right. I think my favorites are probably going to have to be Temperance, just because I really like Archangel as a character. That is awesome art. It's a very good art. While that's, the angel, that's the angel, archangel side by side? Yep. Yeah, it's angel and archangel. It's just both of them. They split down it's the really middle. Good. It's very good. 
Yeah, and then I'd probably also say King of Swords just because go brew. Like, he's great. <laughs> once uh, once uh, the OP stuff is legal, it's going to be the ex- the Wolverine looking at the picture. Oh, I haven't even looked at the art of some of those, yeah. Yeah, I, just... I haven't seen all of them either. Yeah. Okay. There's the one that has, like, from the OP that has, like, Zorn and Legion or something on it. I can't remember uh, what number it was. Yeah, I vaguely remember. Just characters that you never really see put into art, which is cool. I, I mean, just, yeah, uh, we got... We, we got blindfold in uh, in a car, but not a Heroclix figure, which is really aggravating. Oh, so. yeah. Um, another one of my favorites is definitely four of ones, the exploit one, because it has all four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, it's great. Mm. That's, that's and great. that one's from the I actual do, comics. That's yeah, not yeah, like, you can Rich see Fire. the like uh, art for like the text and stuff. And it's just blank. It's great. The fool is cool. I like how they drew cable in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. Sassy Cable, it's great. Yeah, I I love that they just that WizKids filled out the tarot deck that like Marvel drew part of basically. That's awesome to me. Yep. I'm not like you know a mystical tarot person, but it's I, was such like, I, cool also, I also like I that they just went through the work of making an actual tarot deck. Like yeah. yeah. Like, I know there's someone at my venue who, like, wants a full tarot deck, not to play, but because his wife's, like, really into that, and she just wants an X-Men tarot deck. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, Joe also asks, why are marked cards not a concern? They are. They are. But, like, they are 100%. I mean, whatever. I don't have a solution. <laughs> I don't. Uh, this isn't a card game is the problem. Yeah. We yeah, don't really have rules the, around the, it. So the biggest problem that comes, and this is actually, I think, a a discussion that Joe had with me and some other people at Gen Con. Uh, the only sleeves that you can get for tarot decks are clear backs. Yeah. Yeah, Magic Gathering opaque does ones, have a rule that you have to play opaque backs. You can't yes. have clear back sleeves even. Correct. So if, you could, yeah. if we had opaque tarot sleeves, that'd be fine, but we don't. I mean, you're not even required to play them in sleeves from Correct. tarot decks. So. Please, please do. Yeah, I mean, that'd be yes. nice. Uh, Joe also asks, how do you like your sleeves? Uh, the ones I found are great. I don't know. They fit. Uh, I, I like them uh, legal. Yeah, I'd prefer I'd prefer opaque backs, but they don't exist, so I got clear ones. <laughs> I found some generic ones on Amazon that are just, they're clear, Same. but they're good protectors. I was going to say, did you, get the, did you get the game genic ones, or is it a different? I got Mine's one. a different brand, but I don't remember the name, and I tore off the top where it says it, so. <laughs> Mine are called Titan Shields. Titan pretty good. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I just looked up tarot card protectors on Amazon and they were first to come yeah. up and they were cheap. So I was like, sure. Game Genics was like $19 of shipping to Canada. So I didn't buy them. <laughs> Mine was like other 12. brand was not $19 of shipping. So I bought them instead. I think <laughs> I can get them for like eight bucks at my store. Yeah. yeah mine, mine was mine like 12 bucks like shipping and it came with three packs of 50. So like I have 150 sleeves. So I'm definitely have enough to give out. And like a local game store owner is also looking for deck boxes for us in tarot mm. sizes. We don't know if they exist, but we're hoping they do. I didn't find anything on Amazon. I don't know if anybody else has looked. The only tarot card holders I found on Amazon were like these intricately carved wooden ones, and I was like, the I, ones don't, that are I don't want for a that. Real tarot exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that like you give to like your your pagan friend for like their special like yeah. celebration. Yeah. yeah. I don't really want to like they're just big, you know. I don't want to carry yeah. try to carry that around to a Heroclix tournament. So I'm hoping yeah. that they can find a more standard deck box form factor thing that's just yeah. tall enough. For I mean, couldn't cards. you just find the cheapest tarot deck possible and then reuse that box? The, yeah, but then the, it's just the like the a cardboard, cardboard box. box. Like it's fine. 
don't yeah. know. I'm just. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's know. not a terrible idea. It's better than not having a box. <laughs> That's one thing that, like, I'm now thinking about it. Yeah, these are going to be annoying. They're going to be sleeved, but these are going to be annoying to like put in my bag when I fly to worlds. Yeah. yeah, they they don't fit in my general hero clicks bin. Only standard size hero clicks cards do. It's it's annoying. My general oh, yeah. hero clicks bin, of course, being a fishing tackle box that happens to have a slot that's the perfect size for normal sized cards for no particular reason just coincidentally <laughs> yeah the box i use is an old uh box for like card storage so yeah. it fits it it fits them well enough laying down That's i've good. gone through three boxes box. so. <laughs> yeah you tom and i just like did you buy it because you saw tom and i had it or did we all buy I, it? I think I bought it before you. Before yeah, I think we just all bought the same thing independently, basically. I actually, I actually worked. And I was in the States, too. Like, I wasn't even here. I was just a random Canadian Walmart. Like, we all just ended up with almost exactly the same bin because it's just extremely convenient. It has a so, handle, so how has flip-out things. How did you guys do this? This is really off topic, but how did you guys, <laughs> like, did you take Heroclix with you to the Walmart? And like, how do these no, fit? Just, I guess I, I just, eyeballed you just eyeballed it. Maybe I did. I, I had previously used fishing tackle boxes when I was like nine or something. So I knew that a standard sized fishing tackle box fit Heroclix in it. So I just assumed it would be fine. <laughs> okay. I went, to, I went to Home Depot and I went to their uh, like drill storage section and they just had boxes that like <laughs> perfectly fit like yeah. figures, cards with like deep enough. Uh, uh, containers that like I can fit like two by twos in it. That's um, see, that's what I want to find. Yeah, if yeah. You, mine you can like, fit a home a depot, you can find it for like thirty bucks, forty bucks. It's yeah, so really mine has two. Mine's a fishing tackle box. It has two trays that fold out. The top one fits clicks in it pretty well. It fits normal sized clicks in like ten of the slots, and then longer clicks in the two at the bottom. It fits cards on the right, and then my second level is all my like objects and tokens and dice, and then my third level is where I can put maps and colossals. And okay, it, they all I need fit you to well. send me something that I can use as a reference to go find something like this. Yeah, uh, I can tell you it's I'll, a Plano bin. It's sitting right here. Okay. Appreciate I'll, it. I can send you a picture. Um, all right, back to questions. Yeah, so sorry. Super off topic, but hopefully interesting to podcast <laughs> listeners nonetheless. <laughs> all right, uh, McConnell, what's your favorite card in each suit in Major Arcana? I'm not going to answer this. Hopefully we answered it through the rest of the episode. Yeah. Night of, night of Wands. Everything. <laughs> yes, Azur's favorite card in general is Knight of Wands. Other than that, <laughs> once. I think I think all of us love the Fool as a yes. thing. If you're not, if, yes. you're not. if I had to pick one as my all-time favorite, just for like from now to the future, probably Nine of Swords. It's just very sure. good. Yeah. All right. Um, is there any strategic reason to run a twelve-card deck? No. 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 Ramarvel Lamar standstill. No, there is not. Uh, do not do you that. Are, you are inherently hurting yourself by running. That you are. It's a major disadvantage because you are guaranteeing you will not see certain cards because you are not getting twelve turns. And please, like, if you want to run a twelve card deck, just don't run Terra. Like, you're better off. <laughs> yeah, you're better off just not running the mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David Newmark, which cards do you believe we'll see most meta play? Again, I hope we've answered this already. Yeah. Uh, I, like we can't go over that in detail again i hope that this episode has been mostly about that um patrick and Bo, mission point cards do they make a mission point win eventually plausible um of the ones that exist the sidestep one is the best for mission point wins because it's one something you control the other two are terrible the ones in the op that we're not discussing today maybe i haven't read them all in detail so i think you are correct on the sidestep one also because um a specific team that has a mission point character also has a lot of sidestep. 
Yeah. But I it's think not that, technically sidestep, it's breakaway. Sidestep just helps. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Never mind. It, it's just so breakaway. But like, yeah. yeah sidestep helps because you can walk up and then sidestep to breakaway. Right. I don't know why. Which I said is kind of that thing that we're <laughs> saying, like, in the future, something's going to probably make it good. And we're just and it has, for that. And a couple times yeah. it has been broken, right? They just, Wizkids is errated at each time. Wisely. It's, it's yeah. been broken. Like, it's not been good. It's just been like, okay, turn one, I win. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. There's no normal mission point win it's either you win on turn one or yeah. you don't win. i'm worried about i'm worried about the point where mission points reaches critical mass that's yeah. the problem with mission point that so this is what i said when they first revealed mission points on the podcast i said either it's going to be terrible or it's going to be broken and there's going to be no it's, in between. it's going to always yeah. be terrible it's going to get to a point where there's enough stuff out to just make a winning combo yeah so far that has been accurate <laughs> yeah um yeah, so the one the one team where it's good on is you should play the breakaway card if you're playing Miss Minutes and a bunch of Mockingbirds. <laughs> the biggest problem with that team is that you have to have 10 Legacy Mockingbirds with Legacy cards. I have no idea how you're going to manage that. She's but, yep. fairly inexpensive. She's I think like under it. 10 bucks, but still. Yeah. The card, though? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like if more... I, I feel like not like a quarter of the field at Worlds could run it. I feel like there just aren't enough of that also, there. Also, what yeah. happens if you just kill Miss Minutes before they... You yeah. have to. Yeah, the, that's your the that's problem your option. with that team is like you're gonna see a lot of Jubilee and Jubilee just says I win. So. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely like it's not you know the greatest team in the world. Um, unless uh, unless oh, it no, gets broken by something click. in the future, it, it might be fine. Yeah, yeah been, it does have a stop click. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean it's certainly doable. Um, and it has won games that I've watched without mission point wins. Mockingbirds are just like okayish attackers that your opponent isn't allowed to it's, attack. It's basically, okay so. attackers with swarm that you don't want to punish. So exactly, like, if like you you're not allowed no to kill way. them, which is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting team. I think it's quite good. Um, and you probably should play the breakaway. I mean, you should, I don't know. I said probably you should definitely play the breakaway one on it because I don't think you quite have ten mockingbirds. So I think it helps you win one turn earlier. But I'm not totally sure. Maybe you do. Um, and if not, like, I don't know. Oh boy, if that team faces another Mockingbird team, that'd be a game I want to watch. Yeah, it's just whoever wins roll. Yeah. Um, all right, Kari Sampson, is there any counter to a bad opposing tarot card in play other than your own tarot card? Not really. Um, take a power, maybe? So, so you say, is there a counter to my opponent flipping a bad tarot card for me? Yeah. No, because you don't have a way to interact. Correct. Yeah, that's the that's the main problem is that it's flipped at the start of your opponent's turn, so you don't have a chance to do anything. So technically, what's going to be optimal is to look at your opponent's build sheet and know what cards they have and yep. remember what hasn't been flipped. And for example, if they have the exploit one that deals damage to everything adjacent and they flipped three cards and there's only two cards left in, your de- in their deck and one of them is the exploit one. Spread, spread out. <laughs> I'd say the best thing you could do is just always look at your opponent's build sheet to know what cards they're playing. Exactly. And like you can have a basic understanding of what cards going to come into what play after like turn four or three. Yep. Um, yep. So that's probably the best counter you can have for it. It's a lot to keep in your brain, obviously. For, so for yeah, etiquette, I know but... for like me personally, if my opponent just asks, hey, you know. Which two cards, like, if it's if three cards were flipped, it's like, which two cards haven't been flipped yet? I'll just yeah, I have, them. Yeah, I'll I have just no idea them. if the discard pile is technically public information. 
I think I would assume it is. I, I assume you don't flip them back over, and I don't know if you can get in trouble yeah. for flipping them back over. That's like a. But I'm plan. also I'm we, also we, not going to make my opponent remember that. I'm just going to correct. Yeah, it doesn't say in the rules whether it's public information or not. So yeah. we'll just have to ask a judge. There, I, I'm going to keep them face up. You can just yeah, me too. It's whatever. But yeah, and, I, and I'm going to willingly give that information because that's it, the game is already hard enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely already difficult to remember everything um for sure so try to make it as easy as possible and, uh, yeah. and if so i'm the and counter if I'm to the bad tarot you, card is for stealing it for <laughs> please yeah all right um so those are all the questions that weren't jokes <laughs> uh unfortunately the joke questions are not possible to answer on the podcast but they were funny in the comments um <laughs> anybody have any last minute takeaways or are we signing off I think that's good. I'm uh I'm excited to see how it actually plays, but I'm a little uh yeah a little nervous. Also, doing it on roll twenty is annoying as hell. Oh, oh yeah, it sucks. It sucks <laughs> Emily so has a great guy. Emily Check did that make out. a tutorial, so she did. Thank the you, problem Emily. is, is they don't transfer over between rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, you have to, to make a new one every in each room. room. <laughs> no. Yep. No yep. way to export them. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Every single what? room. It's saved to the it's because it's so it's part of the macros for the room. It's mm-hmm. not saved to your profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Pl- I'm I'm not playing tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'm not annoying. playing tarot cards online. And like you can't. Nope. Like you can sort of save the images in the images section at least. You can, yeah. So it's slightly easier, but it's it's annoying for sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, other thing for me is uh. I wrote an entire guide that a lot of this episode was based on. Read it. The link will be in the description if you absorb things better through text or just, you know, don't want to re-listen to this episode while you're building. It's a great resource that says a lot of the same things we did here. Um, I hope that uh, everybody enjoys. Although, obviously, this episode was a little different because we had input from people who weren't me, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. All if, right. you have any, if you have any questions, like, about tarot, you want to run stuff by us, like, I've already had a couple people message me about uh, Teradex, and I welcome it. I can't guarantee you I'll get back to you in a reasonable amount of time, but uh, I'll try. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think that'll wrap us up for today. Thanks for being on, everyone. Before we go, I want to thank our patrons. Uh, their support helps us not pay out of pocket to bring this to us. If you want to become a patron, site is patreon.com slash Clicks. Um, if you need to use Podbean services, we have some affiliate links in the episode description. We have all the usual social media, uh, most importantly, our uh, Facebook group for discussion of the episode. That'll be the easiest way to uh, get a hold of us is commenting on there, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, some of our affiliates who have their own great content. Uh, one of our team members, Rena Adams, has Happy Little Hero Clicks, her own YouTube channel and Patreon for that. Aries has dishing up clicks, Facebook page, Patreon, and whatever other stuff he happens to be doing at the moment. Um, and uh, goes without saying, use clicksnexus.com, help support it. It's a great resource, always up to date. Make sure, uh, let's make sure that that sticks around. Thanks everybody for listening, and we hope that you make sure to have fun the next time you play Heroclix, whether it's competitive or casual. <laughs>